Hello, welcome to the Hodge Podcast, the official podcast of Country Hodgepodge. I'm your host, Steve Hodge, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, cousin and lover, Kevin Hodge. What is up? We've been gone People. a while, but we're back for today. Gonna drink some booze and get weird, so... Um, yeah, absolutely. We're going to... Yeah, so, oh, well, thank you for joining us for Power Hour 4. This is our... Actually, I was thinking about it because I have four or three... Power Hours uploaded already, and this is the fourth one, so technically we've done five because we have the St. Good A Mile one. I thought this was only the fourth one. but it's Oh, Saint, but it's the fourth St. Patty's, Day yes, one, yeah. it, and it's specifically the St. Patty's Day Power yeah. Hour. Yeah. So this is the fourth iteration of that. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about some concerts we got to see over the last six, eight months, whatever it is, and then we're going to talk about uh, our favorite albums that released over the last two years since we haven't been around to discuss them at all <laughs> yeah and there was a lot of really good shit that came out yeah and in um in 2020 when all the you know the shit hit the fan and i guess some stuff happened um allegedly yeah i was working so much that like i didn't have time and kevin's a big big dog now so i know he didn't have time either mm. and so we just couldn't find the time and then last year for saint patty's we uh had a party bus we went through and we're like because we wanted to do the power. We went over there at, what, like 11 a.m. probably yeah. to get ready to go out. So it's like, yeah, let's do a 9 a.m. power hour, get ready to go out for the day. So we just didn't do it last year. So, But we're back today, and we're excited to do this. Um, we're going to be drinking various beverages throughout the day. I'm going to drink one before we get to the power hour because I am thirsty. Yeah, you cracked that beer. Might as well just, you know. So I know everyone's going to make fun of me, but I'm drinking Jack Daniel's Watermelon Punch because it's <laughs> delicious, and you can't judge me for enjoying watermelon-flavored stuff. So. Oh, but I can. Well, you can. And I will. And you will. But <laughs> I don't have any shame, so let's do this. All right, so first off, before we get into the Power Hour, we want to talk about the concerts we went to. And uh, first off, after, God, a year and a half or so, we finally – saw i think didn't we see it like the day before it happened where you like you're like uh lowdown drifters is in iowa tomorrow or something i don't know i don't think it was the exact like day before but it was was something it was something like looking at it on like a friday and it was like oh in a week they're gonna be here or something something, like like the very next weekend something like that um and you know the lowdown drifters are a group that we have been very into ever since we we became aware of their uh, last call for dreamers album. Yeah, that was 2018, I think. Time is a uh, mystery yep. right now. So <laughs> anything that's been released in the last six years could have been released a year ago or six years ago, and I, I'm I'm really yeah unaware. But yeah, yeah. we we've, we've been very into them uh, ever since that point. And then we also would, you know, correspond with them a little bit on the internet and shit, you know, just talking about our mutual love of good tunes. And then yep. we finally had an opportunity to see them. They're from the, the state of Washington, and so they yeah. weren't necessarily coming through the Iowa realm very often. And yeah. <laughs> finally yeah. had our opportunity. So we're like, all right, they're coming to Washington, Iowa, which is an hour west of a hour southwest-ish. Uh, yeah. And so we're like, we're not not going to this and they played a i can't remember what the bowling alley was called lebowski's restaurant yeah lebowski's that's right and so we're like yeah let's go see it and so we went and obviously they blew us out of the water because their music is fantastic and And they jam 
Yeah, and even better, I mean, the concert was, you know, fantastic, and we've been chatting with him online for a while, but, so after the show, we went up to say hey to him, because it's like, yeah, we've been, you know, talking for two, three years now, so we had to say, hey, we're here, and then they're just like, you want to hang out? We're like, all right, and so we just hung out the band for, you know, a couple hours, we left late. Yeah, yeah, exactly, it was one of those where, like, uh... You know, not to sound douchebaggy and say that we're some sort of cool deal. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the first instance of my life where we are hanging out with a band that we just watched play. We liked their music. It was an awesome show. Mm-hmm. And then we were like with them on the tour bus having drinks yeah. and, and just, you know, everyone is like left the venue and they're like, the venue's bringing like pizzas and shit for the band to eat. Yeah. And we're just like, have some. <laughs> and I'm like, this is different. I'm not used to this. Yeah, just- and uh, thank God for Steve being the driver because I got <laughs> fucking hammered with the band. They were just like, take shots of Jack Daniels, take shots of this, take this. And I'm just was fucking bombed yeah, I did. but it was one of the most fun nights of my life i think we did leave washington at about 2 30 a.m yeah it was it was it was late it was very late but yeah i remember i took one like they poured just a bunch of cups like that you know they had the solo cups where i poured jack into them and handed me one i was like this is the only one i can do i do have to try yeah so we hit sat there and just and evan the the bassist yes. was one of the funniest people i've yep. ever met in my life he was so funny and then hanging out with you know the guitarist the drummer and everyone and it was just, it was so much fun. I, it was one of the better, like not, I mean, well, it was one of the better concerts, but better one of the concert experiences I've had for sure. Oh, just 1000%. It, it, the, the whole night, it, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you think about like what has made some of the best concerts ever. It's like, well, things yeah. like going to Medicine Stone because it's not just the music, it's mm-hmm. all of the environment. Oh, yeah. So like yeah. that was one of those situations where it wasn't just getting to see them play for the first time, which was admittedly awesome. But then the whole night and being able to, to, to hang out and talk with the guys, yeah. they're the coolest dudes. And, and we just really appreciate them. We appreciate their music. Um, We're going to talk about some more of their music yeah, later, but absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that was June of 2021. That was our first concert since I think mine was uh, October of 2019, I think was the last so one I went to. I got to see, you saw Cody Jinx, Cody right? Jinx yeah. in like the February before the shit hit the fan. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was the last thing that I got to see. So then it was from so this was we're talking June, June of 2021. 21. So yeah, so it was like February of 20 and then June of 21 was the next show. So it was like God. that's that's the longest I had gone between shows since, since high school. Yeah, oh, 100% since yeah. like the first show college, I ever saw. <laughs> but no, no, cuz college every summer we would have gone to a yes, show. Yes, exactly. Week. I would say every yeah. year we went to shows throughout college and yeah. then even in high school we ended up going to like one a year. I didn't, you did, but I didn't. My first, right. my first, well, I went to, you know, small local band, but the first concert concert I went to was uh, summer of 2009. I went and saw Kenny Chesney up in Milwaukee. That was the first, like, big concert I went to. And that's when I got lost in Waukegan. Waukegan. <laughs> Never forget. So for anyone who doesn't know, there's a city, there's a town, whatever, in... Municipality. A, a, a suburb of Chicago in Illinois called Waukegan. And I... I don't think this happened, but this is what my parents said happened. Uh, they gave me this was back before phones had GPS on them, so they gave me their GPS to put in the car. <laughs> and apparently, even though I put it marked saying "Don't avoid highways," it was avoiding highways. And so I called my parents, like, I don't know how to get, to, I don't know how to get home. I'm lost in a town, according to them, called Wakagon. And so they made fun of me for that. And I still don't <laughs> think that happened, but according to them that's what happened i think it happened <laughs> but uh next up we had three concerts in august so august of last year was 
Awesome. Yeah, we then, you know, basically got right back on the the trend of like, all right, we're Just back. We're, shows, we're seeing yeah. shows. We're going everywhere. We live in Iowa. Go. Everything's open. You don't have to wear a mask or show your backs cards everywhere. So, uh, first one we went to was Charlie Crockett with Joshua Ray Walker opening, and this one I realized the sin of in t- 2018 we did our top 50 albums, and I think I did like. 44 i put uh josh ray walker's album of that year and i looked back and i was like how did i rank it that low it is an amazing album why did i rank it like 44th yeah. um but so we we discussed like because i remember we were driving to it and i just was ready to see charlie crockett again and kevin just goes i just want to see if this joshua ray walker sounds as good live as he does on his recordings and spoiler yeah he, and that was was incredible because i you know similarly did not rank his albums high enough at all because I just, you know, didn't really think about it. But I had a couple songs that I was like, oh, I really like these songs. Yeah, because I remember we got there and you're like, I love Canyon. This yeah. Canyon yeah, and, and so that's what I was like. I He sounds incredible on the recording. I want to see if he can belt it out like mm-hmm. he's doing here. Um, and so then he goes up there and it's just him acoustic. And let me tell you... He fucking belts it out. Almost sounds better live than he sounds on the recording, which yeah. doesn't even make sense. But it, it was it, it was incredible. There are some artists like that where you see them live and you're like, yeah. "This is even better." Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get to one that we saw in January yeah. this well, year. Well, and the, the <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, uh, it's those moments when you see live music where like the band's playing and everything together sounds incredible. That you're like, "This is better than it than it you know recorded." But it's it's rare to me that you hear a like a pure voice. And you'll hear him singing live, and you're like, I I like I prefer hearing his voice live, and it because it doesn't make sense because you think that you master everything on your recordings to sound as perfect as you can, yeah. And he just him and his guitar opened, it was incredible. So yeah, see see if you have the chance, see Joshua Ray Walker, he's so good. But <laughs> we're doing a disservice not talking about Charlie Crockett, but we've seen him twice before then or once. We saw him at Windy City Smokeout. Did we see him at Medicine Stone? He was down there, but I don't know if we watched it or not. I don't, I don't so. remember. Oh, no, I think he was like the midnight show the last day. So oh, left, that was that. It, it was either the midnight show one of the days we left or it was just one of the midnight shows. We're just like, we're tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Charlie's great. He, he's got uh, such an infectious vibe to him his stage mm-hmm. presence his banter obviously his music's incredible uh the band is is amazing they they, they absolutely jam out he's got a, a great uh you know the the presence of where he's just kind of stringing everything together the song to song to interaction with the crowd to back to song it's like it, it's just all yeah. strung together perfectly and and you know that's why he's that's why he's a master. Yeah, and it was a great show. But honestly, we both left just being like Joshua Ray Walker was amazing. Yeah, like <laughs> we're seeing him again for sure. He was supposed to come back, I think November, but that's when he got COVID or else the Omicron shit yeah. happened or whatever, and so he kicked it back to February, which we'll get to again. But um, next up is we saw Vincent Neil Emerson with a local opening for him. At, you know what's his name? Yeah, uh, Sean Costanza. Sean Costanza. Um, I'd seen him. Uh, be an opener at the Raccoon Motel, at the old Raccoon Motel. Yeah. Um, he's 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 good. He's 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 very solid. He just you know we're not really we aware. Didn't know his music, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just kind of like it was nice. It was but, entertaining, but yeah. yeah. But Vincent Neil Emerson was. I didn't realize how much he could shred on the guitar. Yes, he's one of those guys who you hear his music live and you just assume he's got you know guitarist in the band, but he himself 
belted it out. It was yeah, it, exactly. And like I understand that about to make this comparison, people are like oh, oh. it's like, but like kind of like Sturgill <laughs> Simpson is like you you don't necessarily think about Sturgill Simpson himself as an unbelievable guitarist if mm-hmm. you if you haven't seen him live, if you've only heard the recordings, you don't necessarily know yeah. how much of it is him. That's what I felt with Vincent Neil Emerson. Was like you see him live and you're like, oh, he's gonna take the lead and and just just jam. I mean, and 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 you know, anytime a guy's holding an acoustic guitar, it's like, okay, is this a Alan Jackson George Strait situation where he's just kind of like like just kind of well, don't even <laughs> go there. George Strait and Alan Jackson will play some chords yeah. and just do that. That's what I am. But, I'm a rhythm guitarist. Yeah, and, and like, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know sometimes it's just kind of more of a prop than anything but no he Mm. was going nuts and he is a perfect example of like i had heard his songs and i liked them but it didn't really hook into me until we watched him live and i'm like okay Mm. remember this forever yeah he was absolutely fantastic um and then finally in august we or i saw kevin couldn't go you were golfing i think that weekend was that when you went up to lake geneva it might have been in August, I think that's when you went up to Lake Geneva to golf. It I could be. be. I don't remember when we I went. was alone at the. So yeah, I, I went to, I know this, I went to the go. show alone, and um, I'm so I, they open. I'll just go opener, and then them. the opener was Buffalo Gospel, who we had talked about. I think we, I think they're almost ranked on our top fifty also that year. Uh, they're just a fantastic band, and then I actually met met the band after. They're another one who I sat and chat with for a while because I've seen Mike and the Moon Pies four or five times now so i didn't feel bad missing a few songs to go meet meet the other band so i went out and chat with them bought their record because now every concert has records to buy and that's bad for my wallet yeah it's It's, awesome yeah (laughs) but yeah because we're now both so if if you're an old listener you know that we used to do the segment kevin's vinyl collection where we would just talk about the records kevin has well now i have a bunch of records too so it's going to if we ever bring it back it's just going to be vinyl collection yes so <laughs> it's awesome yeah. um but yeah so i bought their record and chat with them for a while but then mike and the moon pies uh it was actually shortly after their newest album came out so i was hoping they'd have that they didn't have it on uh vinyl because i think it was near the end of their tour and all their records except like one of them was sold out so i couldn't buy them sadly but uh mike and the moon pies as always is fantastic though i do have to say i'm sure the guy's great their new bassist is obsessed with taking over the stage. It's like, dude, you're the bassist. Just chill. Like, he gets out in the front, he's, like, waving this crowd. Like, <laughs> like because it's hilarious, because they're, like, a very, if you don't know Mike and the Moon Pies, you're crazy, but they're a very traditional country band who sings about touring and all this stuff all the time. And so they kind of stay still up on the stage, and they play their songs because they're, they're just a traditional country band. And this guy's going around like he's fucking Taylor Swift bassist. I think that's the guy who goes crazy all the time in those videos. But he's, I have no idea. I just remember seeing a video of a bassist, like, headbanging. I'm like, dude, you're playing country music. Stop doing that. And, it, <laughs> and so that's kind of what he did. So I was distracted a little bit, but the music itself is great. And if you don't know Mike and the Moon Pies, definitely check them out. Mike Moonpie and the Moon Pies. Yes. Um, and so in September, we only went to one show, but this show was also fantastic. This is definitely one, well, Kevin got ripped off by a scalper, but. Yeah, that was unfortunate. <laughs> uh, we saw Austin Mead and Co. Wetzel in Rosemont at Joe's Live, which was amazing. And But yeah, so tell the story of your uh, ticket buying experience. Yeah, Kevin. so I bought the, <laughs> so uh, anyone who's been trying to get Turnpike tickets lately knows this pain. Where you try to get tickets, you go onto the internet at 10 a.m. on the Friday or whatever the fuck when it it 
is mm-hmm. available and you click the buttons as fast as you can and you try to get in the queue and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, for this show, because I saw it announced, I'm like, okay, Austin Mead, one of my favorite albums that has come out in the year, and then Co Wetzel is just awesome, and I would love, love to see him again. Uh, so I was like, yeah, we're definitely going. So then I even like had the like pre-sale code thing, yeah. and I went to try to download them, you know, get in the queue, whatever the fuck. Says they're sold out immediately, you know. Same thing. The very next day, like the Thursday was the pre-sale, then the Friday was the actual day. Tried both days. Said it was sold out immediately, and I'm trying the second that it's going. So then I'm mm-hmm. like, "Fuck! I'm gonna just try to see if I can find, you know, the the alternative market or whatever the fuck they're called deal, like the, yeah. the StubHub, which is the StubHub yeah. is how I got fucked. Um, <laughs> and so I went on StubHub and found tickets, and like the every time you refreshed, the price of the tickets was going up like ten dollars. And so I was like, "Fuck!" Lock it in, whatever I'm paying, you know, Lock it in. <laughs> paying whatever I'm paying for these tickets, but I don't care. I want to go. Bought the tickets, thought we were good. Uh, get there the day of. Uh, first thing that was weird was the line to get into the venue was the longest line I've ever seen in my entire life, and it was not getting shorter at any point throughout. Like, like we saw a gigantic line right at, like, doors. I'm like, okay, let's go grab a beer, and then we'll check it in an oh, hour. Yeah, yeah. And then we went back out there, and the line had gotten longer. And I was like, okay, I don't understand how this works. Mm-hmm. We wait through the entire line, miss most of – you know, the openers and Austin Mead's set uh, waiting in the line to get in. Finally get to the front of the line. Tickets aren't real. Apparently scalpers and scammers have had done a, a number on all of those tickets. Yeah, because it wasn't even a surprise to the dude checking the tickets. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, oh, this is a fake. I'm dude. just going to add it to the list. And so, but luckily we were able to buy more tickets, which, you know, spend even more money, whatever. Uh, to actually get in, we finally get in catch the last several songs of Austin Mead's set, which was awesome, but made me pissed off and sad that we didn't catch all of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, got to see the rest of the show, which was cool, but it was just ridiculous that uh, that kind of shit happens. And yeah. I just blame – I blame so many people. I blame StubHub. I blame these venues that have these stupid, you know, ticket-buying shit where they have these alternative markets. Like, I just don't – I don't like it. Pisses me off. I hate it. That's 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 my that's my piece. Yeah, but the, the show itself was great. Even though I I I do I still love Coetzel's music. I still listen to it very often. But he doesn't really play his like noise complaint songs that much anymore. Like he does obviously February twenty eighth two thousand sixteen. It's one of his biggest hits. But like. He didn't do like Tell It All Town. He just did like he just kind of went as a rock show this time. Well, he did do Fuss and Fight, which I very much appreciated. Oh yeah, um, and I feel like he did maybe in a, I don't know. Yeah, I just I just I mean I was more of just bummed. I liked the song Tell It All Town. <laughs> he didn't play it because he he kept it very hyped the whole time. Except I think he did Drunk Driving, which is a slower song. But yeah. Uh, but apparently that's like a really big hit. It's his number one on Spotify. I didn't realize that that was the one that took off. Like, I I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun. We got got real drunk after, and uh, it was funny. We were at this bar, and we just met these two dudes who were in town. They're from... Or they're from like Texas or something. I thought they were, like they were Dakota just, or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. They were from another state, and they came in and they just want went to the show because they were off work, and we just hang out with them the whole night. And uh, when I went to go close my tab at the bar after, you're just staying outside, and who walks up but Austin Mead and Coats, and you guys chat with them on, sitting there trying to close. My yeah, so he missed he missed seeing them, and uh, I was I was gone, so I all I could muster 
was uh, just telling them both that I really appreciated them and what they did and that they came to town. That's, that's all I could. That's all I could figure out how to say. Um, like those, the guys that were with us got pictures, and I was just standing there, just like kind of giving them a thumbs up, and I was like, yeah, because <laughs> I was like, I don't want a picture. I just want to tell you guys I appreciate you, and that was that was all I could figure out. But that was also cool. Yeah. Um, then next up, we had a little break. Uh, yeah, November we were supposed to see Joshua Rocker, but his concert got moved back. But in uh, December, we saw Whiskey Myers with I can't remember who opened for him, but he was the Bones Owens. Oh, that's right. There was, th- but there were two. There were two openers. The, th- the third guy could. Oh, I don't remember the first don't one. Remember that guy was. But yeah, I forgot. I completely forgot. Bones Owens opened for him. Yeah, uh, Bones is great. Last time we saw him, he was at a uh, uh, Raccoon, and it was that, uh, that. That's the other thing. Like, obviously, he's had his music since then. But I was like. Damn it, play freaking uh, yeah, well, Holy Road. Yeah, or, he was playing, you know, his. he basically played the entirety of his newest mm-hmm. album. Um, and the thing about Bones is I think I think he's incredible. I love his music. He just has, because it's just him and a drummer. Which is insane. Which is nuts, but it, it limits the total sound, mm-hmm. like, variety that you can do. Yeah. Um. So it's one of those where, like, I love it, but, like, if you hadn't heard him before and then you listen to him play ten songs, you're like, did he play the same song over and over again? It's like, no, they're, they're all <laughs> different, and, and, you know, but I understand your point. Yeah, exactly. Um. Then Whiskey Myers, they played forever, and I had noticed that we were there for – they played for God two. They played forever. Plus, hours. it was. I mean, it's awesome. They're yeah. great. They jam. But I was tired. Yeah. And, <laughs> and at the end, I was just like, they do. Like, I love jam bands that play. You know, let everyone play, have their moment in the sun. But they just kept uh, every single song. They'd add like five minutes to, and then I was like, it's yeah. got to be because of his voice. And you're straight up like, no, yeah, that's why they do it because yeah. he's got to rest. His he's voice. got to rest his voice, <laughs> so they just go. And and it was, it was just funny though because a song would be happening. And then all of a sudden, you just see like the guitars walk out to the front of the stage, and then there, and there they go, and it's five minute yeah. guitar ripping, and it's it's incredible and it's awesome. But it was also just like I was tired and uh, my feet hurt. <laughs> yeah. And once we got to the point where I'm like, ah, right, they've gone for like two and a half hours. Whew, wrap it up, guys. Like I'm, I'm. Yeah. And it also is like you know, Whiskey Myers is incredible. They're one of my favorite you know Southern rock bands ever. We have seen them five four times something oh, like man. that so like saw seeing him again and tall boys saw him twice at joe's some i saw him at windy city smokeout uh we saw him there i can't remember joe's bar yeah saw him there i, I don't know we, we've seen him a bunch of times yeah. so it's one of those where like every time you see him you want to hear the songs you want to hear but like also check out some of the new ones but at the same time it's like you're i'm not uh I don't know. It's not. It's not that new. So I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm allowed to be tired as I get older. <laughs> They've had. They, they had like two or three albums since the last time we'd seen them. So yes, they and played that, a bunch of new songs. Correct, and that's why it was. It was. It was awesome. But it's also just like I'm. I'm aging terribly. <laughs> yep, you hit that dirty thirty this year. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So then after that, in December, we saw, and uh, he'd be angry if we didn't mention that he went with us. But Ro- our friend Raj went with us to see Alex Williams at Raccoon Motel. Uh, we saw him for the first time in 2017 or 18, whichever one is at when he say smoke out. And I had to, yep. I listened to him a little bit before that, but not too much. I was just, but what going in, I was like, I really want to see this guy and. Um, there was one. Uh, Jamie Lynn was also there, so I really wanted to see them. And Alex Williams blew us away. When he was we saw incredible. Him there. 
So we've been listening to him a shit ton since then. And so when we saw, oh, he's coming to uh, Raccoon Motel, we're uh, going to go go see that. Yeah. And, and then he played so many new songs that were just, when is this album coming Yeah, out? so spoiler alert for everybody. Whenever his new album does come out, it's going to be an immediate buy because mm-hmm. it was oh, yeah. it was amazing. Everything he played was awesome. It was it, it, it's incredible. I mean, I, he's he's one of those guys where, like, with another album, more you know catalog to put out there more touring i feel like he could be huge because he's just that good oh yeah he's like yeah he i could see him i mean he's i know he said when we met him um at windy city smokeout he talked about how he's open for like cody jinks whitey morgan and he also said i think he opened for like luke combs so he's definitely in that Mm -hmm. oh yeah he's in that like range of yeah he would be a luke combs exactly it's just the the like when you only have one album of total music Mm -hmm. out there right now it's just gonna yeah, it's just going to limit your, your you know... Tourability. Exactly. Marketability. Yeah, the, the, the amount that you can be exposed. Yeah. Exposed. And then... <laughs> and then second, but not least, uh, was in January, we saw Charles Wesley Godwin, who I think this is the one actually you sent me like two days before. You're like, hey, he's in, he's in Iowa City like two days we're going. I'm like... Okay. Yeah, that was... Uh, I was... I was struck by the fact that it was he was coming through so so quickly. That's interesting words. Um, but Charles Wesley Godwin, if you listen to our our past episodes, uh, his Seneca Creek album when it came out was my favorite album of that year. Absolutely obsessed with it. Got it on vinyl. So then when he had his new album, How the Mighty Fall, come out this past year, I was very excited before it released because the pre-release singles were incredible. Then it was released and it was incredible. Um, he was very high, if not the number one on my list of artists I have not seen live, but I want to. Mm-hmm. And so when he was going to be in Iowa City, we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're going. It's going to be great. We're good. We, we got to go. But even with all of the hype and expectation that I had, he still surpassed that by a mile. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, I said when we were leaving, I'm like, this might be a top five concert for me of all time. This was Insane. I think so. I think so. And I didn't even know the words as much as Kevin did for the songs because I I had been I listened to Seneca Creek. I actually didn't. I listened to How the Mighty Fall like once or twice. You played it on vinyl mm-hmm. when I came over, and I was like, I don't know why I haven't listened to this because it's really good. And so I was blown away. Like, it also came out right around when I went to Hayward, and mm-hmm. so I was able to listen to it throughout my drive and it was like this is perfect because I, I did that same thing with billy strings's home album once uh-huh. and i was like this is just the perfect way to take this in it's just like <laughs> northern wisconsin in the fall and yeah. it's just like this is incredible and yeah it, his <laughs> his his music on the recording is incredible and then you know you never know how someone's going to sound when you see him live oh yeah and you never know how many people was... are going to be in their band yeah. and in what turns out nine? yeah it turns out with charles wesley godwin he's going to sound just as good or better than everything that you heard on the album, and he's gonna have like a 100 piece band because yeah, only, it was incredible. The only instrument from his albums that he didn't have on stage was the fiddle, he had every other like he had the he even had the trumpet, yeah, like he oh, had every he had the trumpet. Oh, yeah, I am a huge fan of the trumpet, uh, <laughs> it was it was such a uh, it was such a good live show, live environment. Uh, shout out to Wildwood Saloon in Iowa City because that was an incredible place to see We're a show. Going back, hundred percent. Sure. Um, and 
you know, he, he hit all the different things. They had the upbeat where they were all rolling, they're jamming, the, the lead guitar's going, he's jamming on the guitar, you know, they're just doing everything, band's taking over. And then they had, you know, band leaves, he's going to play some acoustically, and he's just got such a powerful voice. It was... He played... It was incredible. He played Seneca Creek acoustic, right? Yes. Yeah, and then... The first time, I, I probably heard it just when Kevin was playing it for me, but I hadn't paid attention to the song Jesse until yeah. he played it live. Incredible. And I was just, it's it's, it's constantly a top five on my on-repeat playlist now. I, I, I always have it on my yeah. on-repeat. Yeah. It'll be a top five at the end of the year, like when that Spotify replay comes out. It's going to be on there because it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, but next up was finally in February... We saw Joshua Ray Walker again when he came through uh, the, the the town that we live in. We live Bedworth. in Iowa. Uh, <laughs> and we saw him again, and, yeah, this is the one that was delayed. And our friend Raj, again, came with us because we drag him to our country concerts now. And uh, Oh, and Doug was also at Alex Williams. He's commenting right now. I forgot. Sorry, Doug. What up, Doug? Um, he, I forgot he was there because he was out in the in the – the bar area talking to people both <laughs> doug has your father's ability to talk to everyone on the mm-hmm. planet yeah and uh as a person who doesn't like to talk to people i am amazed continuously <laughs> at your ability to converse with people who you don't know but then all of a sudden you become very fond friends in about five minutes yeah but anyway uh josh ray, ray walker he came through and he did uh he his encore was just an acoustic version of voices which is my number one song on my on repeat all the time. It was my third overall played song of last year, uh, and it was amazing. And we get we get we had a uh, Raj in there listening to the majesty that is Joshua Ray Walker. Yeah, yeah and, so- and that's uh, just to segue off that i that idea. Yeah, for anyone who's who's listening and and have ex- experienced the same phenomenon, there's nothing better in my mind at times than taking someone who you think would like a type of music and then like forcing them to go to a show or forcing them to listen to it. And then all of a sudden you see the fire burn and they're like, they're now they're just legitimately independently interested in this, Uh you know, beyond our involvement. And that's what has happened. And that's what I think is really cool is you get a friend who's interested in in music and then they're going to seek it out on their own. We've done our job. And that's, (laughs) that's, that's just the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, so before we move into the power, well, first I want to read Doug's comment. He just wrote, uh, he said, just heard Zach Brown band on the Pat, Pat McGaffer. Mac- <laughs> oh, that's not a, not a thing. Uh, talking about his hundred man band, which is, I thought I wanted to read that because it just reminds it me. It just of, keeps growing well, over time. Well, it keeps growing, but his music becomes more worse as, as time goes on. Cause like I said, I know I was editing the podcast, but on YouTube, if you guys want to follow us on YouTube at country hodgepodge, um, yep, yep. Uh, there was a time we were talking about, we're like, what does his band even do anymore? Cause when he's putting on this pop shit, it's like, that's just a laptop. You're not have your fiddle players, not out there doing anything anymore. Like, yeah. what does he do during stacks on stacks, Gucci strings or whatever the fuck? I am, uh, like, it is so funny. I mean, there's plenty of art, examples of artists who I liked at one point and then they sold out and then I hate them and now I don't care about them anymore. There's plenty yeah. of those, but Zach Brown was one of those where, in the heyday, when he had only had released the first two albums, he was on the top of my list of, like, I need to mm-hmm. see this guy oh, yeah. before I die. And now, I don't care 
<laughs> like I, I don't at I, all, and it makes yeah. me sad because his original music was incredible. And you know, shout out to the song that he f- was on. Uh, I don't even know if it's technically his song or Marcus King's song, but the one where it's him and Marcus King band, uh, "Stubborn Pride." Mm, that yeah. was on my top of the of the last year. Yeah, that song. was that was in my and top. And his song, his song is incredible. Yeah, partially because Marcus King is a fucking master, and so yeah. he's awesome. But like that was awesome. So like I know that the talent's still there. It's it's, it's not just gonna go away. Mm-hmm. But he's just made so many horrible decisions <laughs> that I just don't. I just like don't respect him anymore. I and know it's, it's it's disappointing. Well, it's like I said, his his music sounds like divorced dad country now. Like it's yeah. it's he's just an old dude trying to act hip now, which I don't understand because that was that was not the the vibe at all of his first stuff. So I was like, did you? Yeah. Well, he did get divorced, but I mean, (laughs) it's fine. But like, I don't, I don't know. Like he had a, he cleared a clear following of people that would, that would follow him to the end of the earth. And, uh, he just decided like, nah, I'm going to do this one thing where I talk about diamonds and stacks of Gucci nuts and balls and stuff. Says it's because he forces them to be sober during touring. Absolute shenanigans. He also said he's moving back to country after taking a talking to a life coach during COVID or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> he went near he went bro. Well, yeah, he went near good because his music sucks. Good. That's what you get. That's <laughs> called capitalism, bitch. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the thing about uh, sober make bad. That's good. <laughs> uh, that's except for Dalton Domino's. Yeah, it, that's it's good. it's it better. One of those things where, like, he, he did have the his latest album, wasn't it called, like, The Comeback? The Comeback, Which yeah. is obviously an alluding to coming back Which is back hilarious because his world. last one was Welcome Home when they tried coming back to country, Well, and too. that's, like, the <laughs> thing was, with the, all his most recent, like, actual country music, I don't know how to make that go back on, um, all of his most recent actual country music is not, like, bad. I just didn't care. Because yeah, like I'd listen was, to I'd listen to his album like nothing just, on it this was just forgettable like nothing yes. stuck out like foundation yeah you no, know none did. of the songs like made me feel anything and I'm just like okay well I don't need to listen to that again yeah <laughs> and it's like okay exactly. if as long as you have the foundation and the second album is called you, you, give, you get what you, what you give. give yeah as long as those exist I'll just keep listening to those so you don't need mm-hmm. to make another generic shit you know country album because yeah. <laughs> I can just listen to the good stuff you did make exactly. All right, so before we move into the power hour, we've already been going for almost 38 minutes, almost 40 minutes. How about that? Crazy. Um, we wanted to do, or I wanted to do, and Kevin agreed, obviously, because I came up with the idea. But anyway, we have... I didn't the, say no. <laughs> the So since we left, we do often get messages of like when you guys bring up the podcast, which blows my mind that anyone would give a shit about what we have to say about music. It's still to this day blows my mind that we got as many listens as we did during our podcast. And, but the one thing that was asked even more of than just please come back and do your podcast was I miss dramatic readings. So we are going to do that again because they, they are actually one of my favorite things we did too. Well, they're, they're making fun of these horrible. They're just songs. factually hilarious. Yeah. I, 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 I don't mean to be conceited about our beautiful projects and processes, <laughs> but it's it is hilarious <clears throat> to lampoon terrible songwriting, yeah. and that's what this is all about. Exactly. And yeah, like if you if you I made an entire playlist on YouTube of just the dramatic readings we've done, and they're hilarious. We did "Hot Dama Llama" by uh, <laughs> Parmalee. Parmalee. We did Old Town Road. We did Back Porch Bottle mm. Service by the Backstreet Boy. No one remembers. Um, 
and it was and one other that I can't remember right now. Yeah, there's there's plenty of terrible music out there, but it's also yeah. like it takes a specific kind of awful song mm. to be a good dramatic read, and I think I think we have one today, Steve. Yeah. So I didn't pretty know perfect. I didn't know about this song until it ruined my life. For it, yeah, it had been out for months before I knew it happened, and then. One day, Kevin's just like, I cannot stand the song. I'm like, I've never heard it. And then finally, one of the commercials came on, I think, during a Bears game or something. I was like, yes. this is the worst you thing. Can't, you can't avoid it if it's going to be on. Like, I, I, don't, I don't watch that much TV that's actually, like, live. <laughs> Everything is just streaming or whatever. So, like, the only way it was going to creep up on us was a football game. Speaking and of. there it was. Really quickly, speaking of, before we get into the dramatic reading, did you see the other country song, quote-unquote, in a, in a commercial where – during that news thing about Ukraine and all the sirens were going off and it just cussed to chicken fried at Applebee's <laughs> or, uh, yeah. or TGI yep. Fridays yep. or whatever it yep. was. It's just yep. a lot more chicken fried while the sirens are going off. <laughs> hilarious, horrible time. That's fucking hilarious. But anyway, so we're going to do – can you give me a drink first? I need to – Absolutely I need, not. I need to lubricate my throat. You want one of these again? Yeah. That's the easiest one to drink, so I'm going to have another one of these. Um, so we are going to do a dramatic reading – of that's it that's right walker hayes's applebee's song which i guess is technically actually called fancy like yeah it's technically called fancy like but everyone knows it as the shitty applebee's song that has ruined america (laughs) so here we go (laughs) walker hayes's fancy like a my girl is banging she's so low maintenance don't need no champagne popping entertainment Take her to Wendy's, can't keep her off me. She wanna dip me like them fries in her frosty. But every now and then, when I get paid, I gotta spoil my baby with an upgrade. A, A, A. Yeah, we fancy like Applebee's on a date night. Got that Bourbon Street steak with the Oreo shake. Get some whipped cream on the top too. Two straws, one check, girl. Bougie like Natty in the styrofoam, squeak squeakin' in the truck bed all the way home. Some Alabama jamma, she my Dixieland delight. Hey. That's how we do, how we do, fancy like, oh, fancy like, oh, fancy like, oh, fancy like, oh. Uh, don't need no Tesla, don't need no Tesla. Too impressive, too impressive. My girl is happy. Rolling on a Vespa. There she goes. Don't need no mansion. Ooh. To get romancing. Ooh. She's super fine, double wide, slow dancing. Slow dancing. But every now and then when I get paid, gotta spoil my baby with an upgrade. A, A, A. Yeah, we fancy like Applebee's on a date night. That's right. Got that Bourbon Street steak with the Oreo shake. Hey. Get some whipped cream on the top too. Gotta add that whipped cream. Two straws, one check, girl, I got you. Girl, I got you. Bougie, like Natty in the styrofoam. Styrofoam. Squeak, squeakin' in the truck bed all the way home. All the way home. Some Alabama jamma, she my Dixieland delight. Hey, That's how we do. That's how we do. Give me cancer now, God. Walker Hayes, 2020, something. Applebee's is dead to me forever. Don't remember. And ever. I will never go back to Applebee's. Applebee's. Ever. Ever! <laughs>
Oh my god. So that song is um it's a song. I don't know if you can even say that. I'm going to be That's completely true. honest. Uh there's a minimal uh level of uh something that requires <laughs> a song to be called a song and I think that is just a collection of noises. Uh, and yet another example of why the aliens will never make contact with us, because <laughs> if this exists on this planet, we are not fit for any sort of higher collective oh good. Uh, it's possibly the worst thing that has come out of this country ever. I'm just going to make a <laughs> blanket statement. A-bomb. Exactly. Um, so that's about 14 a bombs. <laughs> when we, um, before we started recording, we, I, you know, we were getting ready to, to talk about that. We were going to do that. And Kevin just, he goes, we go, he mentions Wendy's in the first, in the first <laughs> verse. So that means he wrote this song and then Applebee's took it. He didn't write it for Applebee's. He wrote this song thinking, this is what I'm going to put on my record. See, and that's the thing is it's it's not even like he he, he did put it on a record. He did have a record, which is I, again I don't need a word that isn't record because I don't want to call it that. Uh, <laughs> he put it on the physical disc. That he had a collection of happened. poop, and he did release that poop collection. <laughs> and he actually like wrote this thinking like this is something that people want to hear and then apparently people do want to hear which is the most concerning part i mean it's 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 this new this this new world where like we've we've had all these different words to describe the terribleness like there was there's bro country there's boyfriend country there's fucking all this bitch country. whatever the fuck exactly and now we're just in tiktok country and it's that's true it's fucking awful mm-hmm. and it and it drives me insane and it's one of those things where like just when i thought it couldn't get worse it got so much worse. Yeah. Doug says Walker Hayes is like 45, so it's especially weird he does pop music about high school days. Yeah, and it's yes. like uh, I, I don't want to say too many things about him personally because he's like got a, like a family and kids and whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I mean, he, I'm nothing, sure he's a good there's person. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm I would love sure. for him to get hit by a car. So all, is what I'm coming down to is that if he was just slightly nudged by a vehicle, that would probably be okay. Dude, I, um, I saw um, – the, when I was going, I was going through just like all our old shit, and you, I think it was, I don't know, one of us put out a tweet from us. It said, "You know, we live in a bad world where Hunter isn't the worst haze." <laughs> <laughs> and that's that is funny because I remember there was a time in my life where the worst thing that ever happened to me, country music wise, was like Keith Urban and Rascal Flatts, and now that's like. The greatest thing that's ever happened in comparison. Do I get, yeah, you get, that's a shadow. No, you got a shadow. <laughs> I thought that was Titty Slat. I, I got to take my hoodie off. I'm getting warm. I'm also warm. So I'm going to take this off. But take I'm it off. Turn, I'm gonna take t- it I'm off. Turn on the take thing, it the off. Speaker I'm going to take it off. And we're about to get. We're going to power the hour. Yeah, this this thing that I'm wearing is this, this North North Face thing is is actually like the warmest thing. I've ever had. Like, I could wear that in, like, a jacket, well, and no, I could be outside that, in zero-degree weather. That wool thing I have is the warmest thing I, like, other than my Carhartt jacket, obviously. But it's right. insanely warm. That's going right. to be my side beer. It's your side, girl. This is going to be my beer. I'll do a Kona first. Beer. This is going to be your beer. With Matt going, is the Pace era now to be considered a 100% failure, and how much have we been set back? Yes, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we did have the one good year, but it didn't. It ended with a double doink. So, 
I think, uh, you know, just a minor segue uh, into the Chicago Bears, because I know that uh, one of our things with the podcast was we wouldn't talk about how life sucks because we're Bears fans. (laughs) Um, I think it's unfortunate because the Pace era got really close. 99% of the Mm -hmm. roster in 2018 was great. We just had... Uh, not the perfect quarterback. I don't think Mitch is even as bad as some people want to hate on him for, but he just wasn't good enough. The rest of the team was pretty solid. Um, But then Pace mortgaged his whole fucking future on that run, and it didn't work out. And then it turns out the coaching hire was actually the worst move he made in, at all. Like, like you could argue, yeah, not grabbing Mahomes or Watson and grabbing Mitch is fucking terrible, and it is. But you could almost say that, like, uh, the worst thing he did was think that Matt Nagy was going to be the guy to lead us to the future. So, yeah. it sucks. And, I'm uh, I'm sad, and everything sucks. So, and, that's that's the state. And for anyone wondering, that was a comment that we got. We didn't just yes. start randomly talking about Oh, but this. I could. Thank you, Danny, for the comment. And uh, cheers to you as well. Yeah. I don't know what time it is in the UK, but... There's six Respect. hours ahead, I think. You, you could say any number, and six I believe Six or seven you. hours, something like that. Anyway, um, so let's fucking do this. All right. 40, 48 hours in. All right, so I think I said it at the start of the show, but for anyone coming in late, uh, we're not doing shots this year because, well, one, the shot glasses are two ounces, so we would end up drinking ten beers when we're supposed to drink six. And it's just five. kind of disruptive of a move. Yeah, so, so what we're doing is we have to drink our five beers by the end of the hour, but we can drink as much or as little per minute as we really thought these were like small cups turns out i was wrong yeah i know i have just a little bit left in this it's a 16 ounce beer yeah how about that so there we go it's a 16 ounce beer there we go it's a 16 ounce beer it's a 16 ounce cup i mean that's the one i meant yeah i know um all right so yeah let's fucking do this i'm gonna pop up so i was going 7 p.m yeah so so i was right uh so i was going (laughs) to do there's a way you can have the music play through the thing, but we'd probably get copyright struck. So we're gonna have it in the background, so you, it's we're talking over it, so the algorithm will yeah. pick it up as but, music playing. But I would like to point out to anyone who's currently joined with us: if you go on Spotify, if you have Spotify, you can find this playlist, yep. and you could play it while we're going. So if you hear it in the background and you're trying to tell what we've got, you could look up the Power Hour playlist. Yep. By the gingerbread man, which is Steve. Yeah. And you could listen to it and or just look at what the order is going to be. We're going to yeah. obviously mention the so, songs as we um, go. So we're going to do this in order. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the 2020 albums that we liked and some songs. And then we're going to talk about the 2021. And we're doing – all the songs are in order of what we're going to be talking about. So we're going to focus one to three minutes, depending on how many songs are, on each thing. So it's going to go kind of quick. So we're going to just kind of – we're going to PTI this shit because – I actually, that's one of the ESPN shows I liked when I used to watch ESPN. But anyway, so first up, we're going to start with the honorable mentions of 2020. Whoop. I'm not connected. <laughs> we on. fucked up immediately. Hold on. Oh, God. Why? All right, we'll it's, drink because it's, doing, it's started. Is it started? All right. I just got to get the Bluetooth going. I don't know why it didn't connect to it. There we go. Uh, All right. So first up is Coetzel's Sellout. We're going to have to go through this one quick because it's probably going to run out soon. Yeah. Um, Sellout, I liked it a lot, but it wasn't as good as how I felt about his previous albums. Yeah. Um, But 
it is a perfect example of a, an album that came out and has a couple songs that I routinely play all the time and are always on my on repeat. So, oh, yeah. This being one of them. Yeah, Country and Western. Um, um, brain's fucking fried on the other one that I listen to all the time. Sunday and Monday? Sunday and Monday, that's the one that I would... It's my go-to... Uh, Driving to a golf course in the summer, that's what gets played. So next up is Kobe Cooper's Volume 2 EP, and the song that's no. playing is Two Words, which is my favorite from it. I remember Love I s- a good breakup, fuck that bitch kind of song. Yeah, I, sa- I remember I sent this one to Kevin when it came out. I was just like, just listen to this. Just do it. You were at work, so you couldn't write away. But I'm just like, just listen to this song. It's You'll love it. And he replies just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. So uh, if anyone wants to know, the two words are fuck you. Uh, but the rest of the like, Cannonball is great. This entire EP is yeah. fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic. It's just this is the best, I think, of the of the EP. So. Did we mention that we're not doing the uh, uh, the shots, but our goal is just we got to drink our five drinks? Yes, I said that like okay. five minutes ago. I wasn't paying attention, <laughs> clearly. Um, yeah, but that's Kobe Cooper. So next up is about to hit. Yeah, great next, song. Though. Yeah. Next up, this is... Picos, Pecos? I think it's Pecos. Pecos and the Rooftops Red Eye EP. This is one actually... The thing didn't change like the image though, which is Yeah, the but, yeah. song's playing here. Um, so this is an album actually I didn't... I didn't... So normally for like the last three, four years when we've been doing the podcast, I would know when every album came out and someone would be like... Have you ever heard this guy called like Chris Stapleton? I'm like, yeah, I I know, I know, I know more than you. Like Ron, it, Ron. It <laughs> oh, exactly. I love the, doing the I know more than you. Move along. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what would happen. But I was when I moved out here, I obviously joined dating apps because you know that's how we date nowadays. And I was talking to this girl, and she goes, "Have you ever heard of Pecos and the Rooftops?" I'm like, "Actually, no." And so I listened. I was like, "How did just some random person on like Hinge?" tell me about a band i should know this what is wrong with me yeah i remember uh this damn song popped on one of my something uh that one got me hooked and then i actually more recently got back into that whole ep and i love it he, he's yeah. great this damn song's got like millions and millions and millions yeah. of views though so a lot of people heard it must him. be in a movie or something next anyway, next is rustin Rust- kelly yeah his song, album shape and destroy uh this is my favorite song playing it's called radio cloud yeah, Rustin Kelly is uh, famously known as the uh, the, the ex of <laughs> Casey Musgraves, and so the the source of if you like her uh, latest album, then you that's him. <laughs> um, I didn't listen to it. I don't think. Uh, I didn't. I mean, it's it's moved away from country, so I just stopped caring. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about Rustin Kelly, uh, I've been really into him for all like. I've been more into him than I was ever into Casey Musgraves, and like it's because I'm sexist. But no, it's because uh, I think all of his music is incredible. He's got this infectious uh, melody to it, which always is in the the country and or folk Americana realm, and I really appreciate that about him, and that's yeah. why I'm so into him. Yeah. So next is. Um the Wilder Blue, who used to just be known as Hill Country. And then I think there was already a Hill Country. Hill Country. I think there was already a Hill Country, and that's why they had to change their oh, name. Oh, is that why? Yeah. I just remember one day, I was like, I thought he was in a band called Hill Country. Yeah, I believe <laughs> I saw that they announced that we're changing our name because there's like a copyright or there already was a Hill Country. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, so anyone who doesn't know, this is Zane Williams' band, and it's just... Also, I believe 
the guitarist, because he sings on one of the other ones, is is uh, Paul Eason, and he's got a song oh. called uh, "Something some... Flood." I fucking forgetting the Frio River Flood. Love that song. Yeah. So he's he's in this band. I, say, I have him saved. On yeah. My... So he's in he's that. in this band, and because he, he sings on one of the songs on the album. I was gonna say because there was a song he yeah. doesn't sing, but all right. So all now right. we're getting into our we put our list together like we used to do for the podcast and we ranked our top albums first up at number eight is Coulter Wall's Western Swing and Waltzes and other punchy songs yeah and so uh, Big Iron is what's playing right now cover the Marty Robbins song that's my favorite Marty Robbins song and I love a good cover and this is one of the better covers that I've, I've heard in a while because he takes it yeah. He makes it his own. He doesn't just try to mimic the sound of the original. Uh, this song fits perfectly on this album, which is very Western. Uh, you know, we got both both kinds, country and Western. Like, it's it's <laughs> it's very Western. Yeah. Coulter Wall's basically just been in Saskatchewan being a rancher, it, it appears, in his, in his off time. Um, I remember uh, Joe Rogan was talking to one of his guests about it. And he goes, yeah, I've been trying to have Coulter Wall on, but he's just too busy working on his ranch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, if you know Coulter, uh, he's got this incredible voice. He's got uh, just a pure, stripped-down, stone-cold country vibe to him. Um, and I love it. And so Big Iron was the first song. Now we've got Henry and Sam. This is probably my favorite on the album, and it's because of the idea of he's talking about my friend Henry and Sam, and it's his Henry repeating rifle and his Sam Colt revolver. And I love the idea of a Western song, like, and that's that's the you know the perspective that he's got. And it obviously, musically, it's incredible. We got the fucking dobro going, um, but just the yeah, if you met my friend Henry and Sam, and he's just talking about his guns, and it's like, it's yeah. it's a fucking incredible thing. This is an album that. Got it on vinyl, and that's what launched a new appreciation of it because I liked it the first time through, and then I got I thought, on vinyl, listened back through it. It's incredible. I thought Henry and Sam were Henry Ford and Samwise Gamgee, but okay. You're right. It was about the guy that made cars and a <laughs> fictional character from The Lord of the Rings. Beautiful, beautiful analysis, Steve. That's why we bring you in here. Yep. Number seven <laughs> is Dalton Domino's Fever Dreamer. <laughs> so if anyone knows this podcast, we talk about Dalton Domino a lot. We did an episode on him, I don't know, a while back. And yep. somehow, and he's also friends with the, uh, and plays with the Lowdown Drifters. So we kind of have a little connection with him there. We've chat with him and, you know, we want, I'm sure we could have had him on the podcast if we had kept it alive, but life got in the way. But um, Dalton Domino, he... If anyone knows, um, he went to rehab or he got sober. Got sober. I don't know how the, the process. And he's yeah. put out two albums since then, and they're both so good. And he has some singles that we're going to talk about later. And like I remember, I don't know why I just thought, thought of this, but when uh, James Hetfield, remember in that documentary, he got sober and large hole because like I don't want to do a bunch of shitty ballads. Yeah. Like Dalton Domino came out and he started doing these amazing ballads. I'm like. All right, I guess I see what Lars was bitching about, but mm. these ballads are so fucking good. Well, it's it's there's an emotionality, and shout out Raj once again. It seems about emotionality. Um, my favorite thing about music has always been the uh, nope. Yep, sorry. Uh, it is 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 all about making me feel something. Like it's it's the stupidest, most reductive way to talk about it. But like, mm -hmm. why listen to music? If it's not going to make you feel anything. That's what I think about with the radio for pop music and pop country. 
Makes me feel exactly. nothing. I don't care if it exists, so why would I put it on? Why would I care about it? Yeah. That's the thing that Dalton Domino has Which excelled is like, at, is that his, he's an incredible songwriter, makes you feel things. With pop music, it's like, if I'm drinking at a bar and someone throws on, I'm having a good time, I don't care. But when I'm listening to a record to feel something, that's not what I'm listening to. Correct. Correct! Like we said, <laughs> you, you, listen to, you listen to sad music to feel sadder, but yeah. better at the same time. Well, that's, I mean, perfect segue into yeah. this, is so number six, the line, sad songs are the only ones that make me happy. Yeah. Uh, number six is American Aquarium's Lamentations. Yeah, this album is uh, probably my favorite American Aquarium one. I'm going to be honest. Like, it's tough because uh, the one before that I can't even remember Things what it's change. called. Things Change. Also incredible. Uh, you're definitely more well-versed in their older stuff. But to me... When I listened to this album all the way through, I was like, it's got the vibes with just the tunes. Like, it's got the, the full band. It, it, it's for me, sonically incredible and then lyrically also For amazing. me, it's either this or Wolves. I love Wolves. It's, but Wolves also has Talking a, about album covers, the Wolves, album cover of Wolves, Wolves is one of the best. It's one of my favorite album covers in general. Absolutely. That's the one I have on my wall in my apartment because it's just so beautiful. Goddamn right. Whoop! But uh, here's another American yeah. Aquarium one. And that's yeah, before the dogwood blooms. Yeah, it's... The, the thing about BJ... No, the thing about BJ is he is an incredible songwriter. So that when you then add the band and they make something that, like, you didn't even necessarily need to listen to the lyrics, but it sounded awesome. And then you go listen to the lyrics. It's, it's an unbelievable combination. And, and this is one that I, you know... I have a, my vinyl collection has grown since the last time we did the podcast to a, a pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty solid amount. We, um, we were this on, is one of my favorites that I've added to it. When we were doing the, the Kevin's vinyl collection back during the podcast, we were actually fearing we'd run out of episodes. I think I got about 150 now. Now we could do just weekly that and we would be good for three to four years. Yeah, no, I, have, I think I have about 150. Yeah, and I have 50 or so at yeah. this point too now. So next now, up, wonderful transition. So next up is number five, Cody West's Overgrown. Cody West was my number one played artist of last year. I found that we talked, we found this album in 2020 and talked about it, not on the podcast, but we talked about it. And then just randomly one day, one of his songs probably came on a daily mix on, and I listened to it. I was like, this is so good. It's Why a am beautiful I not thing. We'll, we'll get to Austin Mead later, but similar thing happened to me with Austin Mead where I listened to it and. Didn't appreciate it nearly enough. Even said to Steve, I don't even think yeah, any we'll, of the other songs we'll, are that good. We'll, we'll get to that, yeah. But what? this this is an album where the rediscovery and the reappreciation. And I bought it on vinyl yeah. like two days later. Cause and as soon as you I, bought it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I need it too. Yeah. <laughs> I This was, so Cody West was my number one of last year. And two and Overgrown and I think Ledges were my top two oh, songs on Legends my top five. is an five. incredible song. Yeah, which isn't on this album, but it's still great. Um, so I bought... So I... Yeah, so I just... I, it might have been October that came on, and I just listened. I was like, wow, this is so good. And so I just went through the album, and I literally, just for days, the album was on repeat. And, and it's, a, it's a great album for, um, like, I would love more of it. Like, I think there's only seven songs on it right six seven songs it's, there's not like ten um I don't remember. 
I'd love more, but at the same time, you can rip through this in a half hour and be like, mm -hmm. my life has changed for the better because I did that. Yeah, this is, yeah, I'm obsessed and with he's, him. Oh, I yeah. Going was... forward, Cody West is uh, high on the list of pay attention to everything he releases from here on out. Yeah, I think I list, I list. think this was listed as my number two album on my personal list, and then when we put them together, it got kicked to five. Oh, there, the thing about our list is there's been so much good music has come out. Yeah. Like this. Next up is number four, Arlo McKinley. So the thing about Diamond Arlo Western. is there's a bunch of there's a there's a bunch of things. Uh, first, <laughs> he is signed to Oh Boy Records. Oh Boy Records famously is John Prine's record label. Uh -huh. So that's fucking cool. Which means if that. if John Prine likes him, you better like him. Otherwise, fuck you. Um, dead. I will fucking kill you. Um, <laughs> the thing is, so I bought uh, off of Oh Boy Records. They had a deal where you could get Die Midwestern on vinyl and you could get his first album, which I don't remember what it's called, but it's got a big image of Ohio on it. You could oh, get both of them, the and it was like 30 bucks. And so I bought both of them, and I had listened to these before, but not really like gave it the proper time of day. And then I bought both of them on vinyl, listened to all of them. It was also uh, then John Prine dies, and I'm like, okay, I gotta fucking you know, get back into it. Arlo and, McKinley and Lonesome Sound. Yes. And these al like the Arlo McKinley has has become uh, I think he was my number one played in 21 oh, artist nice. um and he's he's become like I, I say like things that sound like I'm exaggerating and being hyperbolic but he's probably like a top 10 artist for me right now of all time because he's that good Dude, you the listen to these albums start to finish the sound the songwriting, all of it is there. He, he's it's got a beautiful. I mean, we bring back our favorite word, haunting. haunting. He's got this haunting vibe to it. He's easily number one on my list of as soon as I can see him live. I need to see him live because it's it's incredible. That 2014 album is actually those songs come on my discover discover um, daily mix all the They're time. They're fucking incredible. And so when you said Arlo McKinley, I was like, I wonder if that's the album because those songs, yes. I, I have so many, well, yeah. I'm saying I wonder if that, I thought that was the album yeah. because it would always pop up, but then it wasn't. It was that other one. But still, Which they're both so they're both incredible. Uh, but next up is number three, Ward Davis's Black Cats and Crows. And this, I mean, we've talked about Ward a lot. Yeah. He needs to be bigger. I don't know what the fuck is wrong I with know. people in the world where they're not supporting Ward Davis I mean, enough because they should two full albums and, and that's TV, fair but... but Ward is one of my I mean it, it's it's the the Cody Jinx Whitey Morgan Ward Davis are kind of like a a group of three that cannot be fully separated from yeah. each other because they they songwrite together they tour together you know they, they you know collaborate um all and, of their albums have each other's yes on it. and and Ward's latest album I mean it's fantastic start to finish this is a fucking murder ballad, Sound of Chains. Love, Love a good it. fucking murder ballad. Love it. It's incredible. If we did the murder ballad list, yeah. this might be... Oh. No, it would be number two, because Gabe McCann still... Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's incredible. And it's, it's all the different things. It's, he's got... He's, he plays the piano in his live shows and on his recordings, and that's such a beautiful added sound, sonic element that you can put in. Yeah, and it's, you oh. definitely... You turned me on the... Um, the uh, 
what the fuck's the song called? I'm Where not the devil. The, yeah, I'm not the yeah. devil. His piano ballad is better than Cody. I'm Jinx's not the version. devil via piano, and Ward Davis is better than Cody Jinx. And yeah. it's not a slight to Cody Jinx. It's just Ward Davis. So that is knows, that good. We uh, love Cody Jinx. Yes, <laughs> I have every single one of his that are available on vinyl. On vinyl. <laughs> I have been searching the internet for 30 on vinyl, and I don't think it exists, because now that I am 30, and I'm going to die soon, I would like it. <laughs> I was going to say, I do have all of them except 30. That's, yeah. That's yeah. Did you get Mercy? No, I haven't got ah! Mercy. I forgot. Of, of when I, I, I bought them all in bulk one day. Actually, it was because... That's what I did with Turnpike. Um, oh, I, sorry. So Cutting no, you off to well, go into Future Birds. I know. I was going to say it. Oh, I thought you were going to Tied for number one. It. So I'm doing this golf style because oh. these were our number ones. Number ones are... Kevin's number one was Future Birds' teamwork. Yeah, so Future Birds, a couple things about them. They aren't necessarily what you would say is country. They're They're much more of a indie folk rock... Kind of jam band vibe. When you saw, when you sent me that, when you're like, "This is my number one album," I'd never heard of the band. And he goes, "I know that I've talked about him a bunch of times, though." Probably, but I want to. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you said you, you told me about it, and I listened to it. I was like, "Kevin's transition to just hippie, <laughs> fucking hippie, gypsy rock jam bands is complete." Because so, and so the thing about Future Birds, um, some of their older stuff, I've only heard. Like, I've heard all of it, but there's only, like, a handful of songs that I got really into. But this album, Teamwork, I wanted to buy it on vinyl, and it was sold out. But I was really pissed about it. And I was looking for the for it on the internet everywhere. Tweeted at the band saying that I wanted to find it. And then they actually responded to me and were just like, we're actually doing another pressing, so keep your eyes out. And I'm like, holy fuck, this is the greatest day of my life. And so I finally ended up getting it. I uh, I gifted Future Bird shit to like my entire family for Christmas this year. Um, <laughs> I'm huge on the Future Birds wagon. They're from Athens, Georgia, which is where the University of Georgia is. They have a wonderful shirt on their site that I think is also sold out, where it's just the big bulldog head and it just says Future Birds, Athens, Georgia. Um, That's something the, you would buy. Yeah, it is what I would buy, but it's sold out. <laughs> uh, but the thing about them is their their vibe. Is just right up my alley. They incorporate horns here and there. They have a, a countryness, but also just like an indie rock. A couple different songs are playing, and I haven't acknowledged them, and I'm sorry. But like, check out the Teamwork album. It's incredible. Uh, the other thing I think is really interesting about them is they have two different lead singers. So like, the guy that's singing right now is not the same guy that was singing on the oh, previous song. Funny. So they have the ability to make so many different sounds I was gonna say because, because of that. I was and I say, think that's really cool. I went through this album, and I was like, like I'm obviously not as into him as you are, but it's impossible for that to be the case. I know, that's the <laughs> but I was listening. I was like, the album to me felt bipolar, and that explains why. Yes, they have two different guys that sing. Okay. Yes. That explains because I went through. I was like, this song's awesome. This song, oh, it's fine. This song's awesome. This song, yeah, it's fine. And, and they and they do explains. have. Okay. There isn't like an eclectic nature to it. To like when you put the vinyl on. There is a bit of that, like, oh wow, this is a this is a transition. This is a transition. But their their uh, their aptitude as musicians is incredible, uh, and I just I dig their whole their whole vibe. Yeah. And so the other number one was my number one of the year was Joshua Ray Walker's "Glad You Made It." So all this he was my number two most played artist of last year because mm -hmm. after like we said earlier. 
after we saw him open for Charlie Crockett, we left the show not even acknowledging Charlie Crockett because I w we were so blown away by Joshua Ray Walker's uh, performance, and it was and it was a that one was an acoustic one. The second one he had a yes, band. and and in no slight to Charlie because he's yeah, incredible. Exactly, like we love Charlie Crockett. His music is so good, but this album and the first time I heard Canyon and Voices, I was blown away. Voices is a song that is constantly in my top five. It was my third most played song of last year, which is a song playing now. And this album, I just, I was obsessed. Like it was, it was the same thing as with, um, with Cody West when I rediscovered Overgrown. I listened through this because it was right before his third album came out. I listened through this one and his previous album on repeat for weeks. weeks oh yeah, I know that seven. every time I was in your vehicle. Uh, and you just had your shit playing, it was just always going to be him. Which is, yep. I'm fine with that, because yeah. he's incredible. But it was also like, oh, he, I was there, is a, there is an obsession here that has been created, and it's beautiful. And I, I love that, because whenever I have that happen, where I'm into something so, so hard, that I, I just want it, I want nothing but that over and over again until I get sick of it, because I won't get sick of it. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And he's incredibly talented. And so the song that's playing now, the previous one was Voices, which is by far his best song. Like that's, I don't know if anyone could argue that except maybe Canyon. But this is Boat Show Girl, and I love it because Voices is his best one. I just love the thing of the beacon like a redneck statue of liberty. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean to to throw back to seeing him live, he does have a wonderful stage presence and a banter when he talks oh, yeah, about hilarious. when he talks about the the way that he wrote the songs. He's got jokes. He's yeah, he's like, an awesome dude. Y'all got boat shows out here? I'm like, yeah, of course. And he goes, yeah, well, this is about the, my mom used to hire the boat show girls, and, you know, this is a song about them. I'm just like, eh, whatever. It's and then hilarious. he's got the song Dumpster Diving on his album. He goes, so, you guys didn't go dumpster diving the, uh, your kids? The, the, <laughs> the sound of Dumpster Diving, I love oh, yeah. the sound. It's, it's so good. It's infectious and catchy, and, and inc it's just I don't incredible. think that's the album. I'm going to say incredible so many times on this whole fucking oh, podcast. Well, it's going to be ridiculous. It's, it's hilarious <laughs> because we're packed. Like, when we did the podcast weekly, we would have, like, five albums every week that were like, listen to this, listen to this. And so at the end of each month, we'd have to put together a top ten of albums that came out. Um, and so we would have to. Do oh, that. all right. So this on. single came out of fucking nowhere because it's not on his new album. It yeah. was before Mercy came out. But "Watch the World Die" by Cody Jinx was like it was on my what year? This come out in twenty? Yes. Uh, it was uh, it was high on my uh, year end playlist. That's why I think it was twenty. I, I remember. remember I actually remember I was driving one day and it came on my daily mix, and I was like, and I went, to, I was like, damn, he has a new song out, and this was like. September of 2020, and it came out like May of 20. I was like, "Why has it been four months?" Yeah. And I didn't know the song existed. What it was the. the uh, it was what I would play as I drove to going golfing in the morning. Because yeah. my favorite thing to do nowadays, and it's it's uh, you know, the country people take this idea and they put it into all their songs. Is like the the windows down driving blah, 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 and all that stupid shit. But. With my windows down, driving to a golf round on a weekend, playing some tunes is one of my favorite things on earth. 
So next up is all right. So our boys. We didn't say anything about it. We're we're talking about our favorite singles that weren't on albums or yet that came out in 2020. And so right now is um, Lowdown Drifters is hammered down, but they also had All Right, If I Had a Dollar, The Ballad of Reef Shadow, Headstone, and Give Up on the Dream. They had all these songs come out that they played them all at the concert we went to. But we like, as we said, obviously we're a little. I mean, we loved them before we even met them or talked to them. Oh, 100 percent. Like, I remember we ranked them like number. I think I think their album came out the same month as Charlie Marie's EP, so we didn't rank them number one in that month because Charlie Marie's is well, it was just incredible. Yeah, but and I said it again. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we we listened to Load on Drifters, and so they've had all these songs come out. But obviously, we love you more. You know, we've gotten to know them, and they're really great dudes and everything. But um, but this song that just started is called Headstone, and obviously, this is actually even more biased than what we've been saying before because. We're on this song. You can't really tell because it's like a background. Oh, I don't blame them. I'm a shit singer. <laughs> I'm shit, but less shit. Way less shit. <laughs> but uh, so they just message us one day and like, hey, can you sing the chorus of our song? Because we want to put you as like a crowd. It's on the it's coolest like, idea. Yeah. Uh, and and once again, got to just thank them and give them a shout out it's like yeah. the reason that they wanted us to be a part of it is that they were saying like they wanted everybody that was like helping promoting listening you know passing on good vibes yeah. getting people to listen and, to be a part of it and i'm like that's never, fucking cool we've never been paid or anything by I anyone don't want to be paid i know and so i'm just saying like that's not true i'd we, love to get paid <laughs> but <sighs> we promote Sorry. them because we genuinely love their music it's double, so double good and then this is, uh, oh, so the last single of 2020 that Kevin needs to talk about is Trey Lewis's Dick Down and See, Dallas. the thing about this song, it's it's an incredible song. Like, it's an incredible country song. If you didn't know the words, you're like, this is just a country single. And then it's the funniest fucking song I've ever heard in my life. Dick Down in Dallas butt-fucked in Boston, railed out in Raleigh. Like, it's just the funniest fucking song I've ever heard in my life. But when you listen to it, if you didn't tell anyone, you just played it in the background, <laughs> you could play this to old people and have them not pay attention. Yeah, this and they would Applebee's. have They would have no idea. Play this in Applebee's. <laughs> tell Walker Hayes to kill himself and play Dick Down in Dallas in your fucking Applebee's. Imagine a trailer or, like, the commercial coming up, like, buy our new ribeye with the new barbecue sauce. Dick Down in Dallas. Butt-fucking Boston. Exactly. Like... But it's it's so catchy and it's and it's a, a pure country song. It's just the fucking funniest. Yeah. All right. So before we move on to 2021, uh, we just wanted to take a minute to appreciate some cocks. Wait. <laughs> I mean, a transition from Dick Down in Dallas is perfect, right there. Yeah. So yeah. we're this is just <laughs> this is Walk Hard by Dewey Cox from. Uh, uh, Walk Hard was the movie, but if you haven't seen Walk Hard featuring John C. Riley, well, le leading actor John C. Riley, it's it's a uh, you know satire of uh, you know biopics, and it's just it's got really good music. Like you can't say that the music's not great. <laughs> it's just he's incredible, and and John C. Riley sings, which. Gives him more Which, respect. It's hilarious. He's an Oscar-nominated actor, and he played Dewey Cox in the Walk. All right, Hard but that's what, what I must transition with. That is, you know, who won an Oscar? Me, Eminem. Three Six Mafia. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, so moving on to albums released in 2021, honorable mentions, starting with Caned by Nods, None the Wiser. Which, this is Cody Jinx's metal band, and uh, bought this album on vinyl because I bought it and Mercy combined on vinyl. And other than country music, the music that I listen to the most, well, I guess the Americana, I don't know, there's a whole row. But other than that shit... The thing I listen That's to most shit. is is like rock and metal music. I was huge into metal bands and rock bands in the in the early two thousands growing up. So when I heard about Cody Jinks gonna be the lead singer on this metal project, I'm like, I am absolutely in and it's fucking great. Like I just obviously say, I if like you his don't, country more, well, exactly. but this is still exactly. If amazing. you don't like this kind of music, you're not gonna like it. So that's just a fact. So I'm I'm not saying that yeah. if you're a huge country fan and you like Cody Jinx, yeah. you need to check it out. But I think you should check it out. Yeah. It's good. But next up is one of our favorites, Charlie Marie's Ramble On. This album actually, I remember I pre-ordered it because I remember she she released a couple singles. I was like, God, this is so good. And then I got just a notification because. You know, the internet knows how to get you to buy shit. Mm. And it was just like, oh, this album, the vinyl is releasing day of the, you know, whatever. And I was just like, yeah, I'm buying it. And then she sent it to me autographs saying, I love you and please marry me. And I was like, all right, fine. I guess I'll have to. But no, I got the, I got the vinyl and it's just Charlie Marie is just insanely good. Oh, like, and another I, uh, I, uh, proof that you don't have to be from the fucking South to be yeah, country she's from Rhode Island. exactly and and there's <laughs> that whole idea i mean ricochet shot at whiskey myers ballad of a southern man you don't have to be southern to understand shit that is that is uh is is country or rural or anything like that yeah next up is uh cody jinx's mercy yeah so this is uh his most recent release um it's great i have it on vinyl uh, Cody Jinx doesn't make bad what music. Don't you have well, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't make bad music. But I will acknowledge that uh, it, there, as a whole, didn't grab me as much as some of his other stuff. Uh, Adobe Sessions is, is one of the best albums that's ever been made, so it's hard to compare to that. Burns is the first song. However, this song, like a hurricane, and some others on it are routinely top played, and so definitely worth listening to if you have not listened to it for any number of reasons. This song's incredible. Yeah. I, like I said, I said before we were recording, I think Roll is my favorite one because it's just a song about you just got to roll the punches. Like, yeah. And any shit that happens, you, you just got to roll. I it. love this because he's talking about, he's acknowledging his standing in the world in terms of like he's become successful. And he's like, so now they expect you to do something and you don't, you don't, you feel like, you feel like, you feel anxiety for producing what the people expect you to produce so now you gotta try to do something about yeah. it I think it's interesting meta yeah next up is Dylan Carmichael's son of a son of a what Kevin son of a what bitch um, <laughs> so uh, th he's great love his voice love his sound what he has the only detriment to, to Dylan Carmichael is that he has a little bit of the Luke Combs I'm gonna make 15 different singles about drinking beer Yeah. and it's fine and so like this is another song where it's like pure ass country song but it's got that that formula and so what right. i loved about his first album was the ones that that grabbed me emotionally um but he's oh, still yeah. he's still in, in, incredibly talented but and uh what i gotta say worth listening to when i was listening through all the albums before you know leading up to this i i listened to this album among others obviously and i thought 
I gotta say it quickly because we moved on. Oh, yeah. He sounds like mid-2000s when it was good country, like mid-2000s yes. radio music. Well, that's what I was saying, like Luke Combs, where it's like, even if he makes like a quote-unquote not that good song, whatever. It's still better it's, than the Exactly. Yeah. All right. Drayden Farley, real quick. Uh, the this album, is album The Heart of Life. <laughs> <laughs> this album, I backed it on whatever the platform was to get the vinyls made. Bandcamp. It Just wasn't that. It was called I think it was called Crates with a Q. Um Crates with a Q? Q rates. Yeah. Um the whole album is acoustic, so go into it knowing that. Uh He's an incredible songwriter. He's an incredible guitarist. Uh, it's just him. And it, it's just him. It's a full beard. Uh, he, I know, but he's got the he's got well, the, the mustache. Is incredible. Yeah. Uh, he. It's just him and the guitar. The entire album. Hard up life. It's really good. Listen to it for the songwriting. Listen to it for his his impassioned vocals. Um, and it's great. Yeah. And next up yes. is Jason Bolin and the Stranglers. Uh, the the Stranglers. Me. The Stranglers. Which is what my phone always auto-corrected it to. <laughs> but Jason Bull and the Stranglers. <laughs> you did it, too. The uh, Light Saw Me. The Light Saw Me. I love... I mean, this album was produced by Shooter. Shooter Jennings also oh. just said that he's no longer touring to focus on producing. Uh, if he does that, I'm not upset because this is a perfect example of Dude, why he should stay producing today, forever. When I don't listen to country when I work out because obviously because you're a, you're a simpleton. Like, but no, I was on the track like finishing up today, and I was literally running to this song because it's so upbeat and like, it's incredible. Bouncy. It's a song. Of, the whole album is a concept album about a guy who gets abducted by aliens in the fucking 1800s, and then like transports through time. It's it's awesome. I also just love the line, like, I saw the light, but the light saw me. Like, that. that's just, it's great. Jason Boland's one of my favorite bands of I all time. I saw the light, but most importantly, the light saw me. Yeah, it's, they're one of my favorite bands in general. Um, yeah. That latest album is fantastic. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, and like I said, Shooter Jennings uh, produced it, and it team seems like yeah. that's that's going to be his focus. And yeah. love that, yeah, because he's got a great mind for that. Yeah. I've been obsessed with recently. But anyway, moving on is Joshua Ray Walker's See You Next Time. And this is a great song because I'm a person who loves horns. I get horny for horns. Uh, I made a meme and I sent it to Kevin like a week ago. He's he's I don't know. He sent like this song is great and it was just a song that had like a saxophone and a trumpet and, you know, and I just go like any song has horns and it's just Kevin with fry going take my money now. It's hundred percent true. I love horns. I don't know what has happened. I mean, honestly, what my my sister and brother in law will tell me is like turns out you just like jazz. I'm like. Actually, you're right. Turns out I actually just like jazz music, so when jazz influences get added to other things, I think it's amazing. Probably, yeah. But uh, they got me a Miles Davis album once uh, for vinyl for, for Christmas, and it's incredible. Because that turns that has Hello on it, that album? Something with Hello? I don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway, moving on, Sierra, Sierra Farrell? Farrell? Farrell, I would assume. Long time coming. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so this album, uh, it has such an eclectic vibe to it. Uh, so like like what's playing right now? Give it time. Like that's like a, a '50s kind of country sound to it. She's got stuff that's got horns. Whoop. Um, that's kind of almost more like that Mexican vibe to it. She's got some, some some straight up uh uh you know Americana sound to it. She's got a song that features Billy Strings. Billy Strings is incredible. I just cupped my titties. <laughs> um, I think her album is is I mean it's on our our uh 
honorable mentions for a reason. Uh, worth checking out. It's got that that more old school vibe to it overall. Yeah. Next up is Sturgill Simpson's The Ballad of Dude and Juanita. I just really respect going with the guy's name is just Dude. Dude. D-O-O-D, Dude. I, it's I was, great. This one was such a shock to me because his previous one was that fucking heavy metal one, right? Well, yes, but he he was also like releasing his uh, Cut and Grass albums. So That's in true. my mind, yeah. I'm like, I oh, have both of them. On he ba- yeah, yeah I mean, they're they're fantastic. So and good. sidebar off that, if you're gonna make a greatest hits compilation and put it on record, I would love it to be like that, where you make it slightly different because I want to hear like yeah. as a collect. I mean. As a collection that is digitally available, I'll listen to my favorites and whatever, yeah. now that we're in this era. But if you're going to be making a collection going forward, do what Sturgill did. And on Strip that, them down, do something Bluegrass different. Bluegrass album also has uh, Sierra Hall, who does, he's just, she's a fiddle, uh, not fiddler, mandolin player, she's great. Oh, but yeah, that's also. Cool. Anyway, and then finally for our honorable mentions is Taylor McCall's Black Powder Soap. All right, well, I got a really quick check where my vinyl is on this one to see if it's in my in my <laughs> inbox. It's on the way. So this album, uh, I kind of got into later on in the year. It came out last year, but I, I had Black Powder Soul, the song is playing right now, pop up on my daily mix or whatever the fuck when I was just like playing video games or something. And I'm like, oh, I am very interested in this sound. And his entire vibe, I'm gonna say vibe too many times, but I'm gonna connect with the children. <laughs> I connect with the children by saying we these vibing words. Um, but I, I, I like his, his sound is incredible. It's got this grimy fucking uh, rock well, bit and, to it. And also, I gotta say, this has gotta be up there for one of the best album covers of all time. Just a, oh, a zombie cowboy. Fucking incredible, yes. So good. Alright, so moving. Oh, wait, shit, I forgot. We had one more. Uh, you didn't put oh, in a deal. Yeah, I didn't write it down. Honorable mention also was Vincent Neil Emerson's. I don't know what the album was called. I think it's just self titled. Is it self titled? I don't know. Anyway, don't so know. Vincent Neil Emerson, because we. <laughs> We just kind of we we didn't quickly put the list together, but we put the list together and we almost had it finalizing. It goes ah fuck, I forgot Vincent Neil Emerson's really that. Yeah, I mean we're gonna talk about his. We talked about his his live show was incredible, and it's like oh fuck, we got to talk about this. Yeah, and this is a perfect example of like the the recorded version of this, the Ballad of Choctaw Apache, is great. But when he played it live, it had such a fucking I don't know. It had such a sound to it that I would prefer whatever the fuck we heard there. It was just, it was, it was incredible. I don't, I don't know how he, he had kind of like a, uh, what I'm thinking of is Charlie Daniels band, Bell of the Wooly Swamp, like he, he really hammered those chords when he did it. It was beautiful. So next up is, I realize I only put one song for this, so we're going to have to talk about it quick, but number eight in our 2020 top eight, uh, or 2021 top eight was first up number eight Wade Bowen where phones don't work it's an EP and anyone who knows me knows I love Wade Bowen's music and when this one came out I just fell in love with it this song that's playing right now is called phones don't work and it's just about kidnapping people and bringing them out to places where phones don't work so they can't call for help and it's exactly. just fantastic <laughs> this is a, actually a perfect example of something that like I was unaware that it came out and so I'm oh, yeah. really glad that we're doing this because I'm like, oh, fuck, Wade Rowan had an album yeah. from EP, yeah. and it's great. Which is, I hate that Spotify, they list EPs in singles, 
Mm. It's like, it's not a single. It's six songs. It's not, like, I could see understand like a two-song yeah. single, yeah. but it's six songs. Mm. Anyway, moving on to number seven is Morgan Wade's Reckless. Yeah, this album I got very into at the beginning of 21. In, it's for the whole year. I mean, it's a great album. She has like a, I, I remember reading something that talked about how she's like, she's got like a Tom Petty vibe to her. I'm like, that's a perfect way to describe yeah. the the yeah. the incorporation of rock music. I I love her whole deal. I, I I think it's great. This song's awesome. It mentions Chicago, so that's also a, a thing. This is one but, of my favorite. That's why I had to put it. And on the, there. the idea of like, you're dating somebody who says that they're like they were wild back in the day, but now they're lame. And she's just like, I want to know what it was like back in the wilder days. Yeah. Like I, I think that's a really cool idea. She's got fucking tattoos everywhere. Seems like a cool. Yeah. Girl. What was the lyric where she talks about before she had the tattoos? I can't remember what the lyric is. Oh, it's like yeah. There's a there's a line about uh, before I had it like tattooed yeah. on my skin or something like that. Before I had yeah. all these tattoos. Oh yeah. fuck. What I can't remember yeah. what it was, but this is also just a great don't cry. Uh, because I'm trying not to cry right now. Um, the, I it's spit take right <laughs> on your face. It's, the, you know, she's got the emotionality. Scenes about emotionality. She's so, she's fantastic. She's super talented. She's awesome. Actually, she's was, blowing up. Uh, from from no, the beginning yeah. of the year when I started getting into this album to like now, a year from then, when it's like, she yeah. is getting huge no, and I, rightfully when so. I, when I Googled her, like to just be, puts everything together one of the top searches was luke combs covers morgan oh, wade now that's fucking like, cool i'm like yeah luke combs is the name of country music like pop country music right now and so you have him covered morgan wade it's just like with uh morgan while and covering that guy that, can get fucked when, yeah but when he covered that jason isbel song everyone's like uh cover me up it's like oh my god he's like yeah that's that jason isbel song and people started realizing Anyway, moving on to number six, Carly Pierce's 29, Written in Stone. So, we uh, uploaded, or I uploaded, a video, for a clip of when uh, Carly Pierce released, I don't remember what song it was, but it was talking about how she went pop and just abandoned, because Every Little Thing was one yeah. of our favorite songs. Of yes. 2016, 17, whenever it came out. And we were obsessed with that song. And then Douchebag Tribal and Tattoo then douche came in. And Douchebag Tribal Tattoo came in, and she married him, and she just went pop. And we talked about, like, we had a segment. It's Douchebag oh, it Tribal called, Tattoo's fault. It was called Carly Pierce Goes Pop is what the video is called on YouTube. You should check it out. And uh, all these comments are like, have you heard most recent album? It's great. I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. We just haven't done the podcast in two years, so yeah. we don't know that. Yeah. And so... As sad as it is to say, she just had to get divorced to have good music again. <laughs> because but she did create. So she created good. a beautiful album, and this was one of those where, like, for the ranking of our top list, I was flip flopping, snip snap snip between Carly Pierce's and Morgan Wade's, but I wanted to make sure I included Morgan Wade's because yeah. I listened to it probably because no, I know more. you because she was on your top five. I'm pretty sure of last year. Yeah, maybe number two. I can't remember. It was pretty high up there. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, she her her album was was fantastic. I'm really happy that she's she's back. Yeah. I guess is the best way to put it. No, yeah, she's fantastic. The one that the the first song that played was called Day One, and it's just a song about like 
At day seven, I'll feel better. At day yeah. 50, I'll see my ex and won't feel sad. Yeah, day I mean, whatever, I'll go on a date. And it's just, but I just got to get, get get past day one. Well, yeah, I mean, in the, the name of the album, talking about the entire deal, you know, 29, that's how old she is, written yeah. in stone, the fucking And ring. she has a song, I'm going to, I just, yeah. think, I thought 29 yeah. was going to be this time. Anyway, moving on to number five is Cole Chaney's Mercy. And Ill Will Creek that's playing right now. I have been obsessed with ever since it was pre-released. He's uh, the all I thought when I first heard his music was he sounds like he's just a mix between classic just bluegrass and Tyler Childers. Oh, 100%. He's he's, the thing, he's Appalachian country. Yes, the the only thing that he ever had working against him was that on the internet I had a bunch of people talking about how when this album came out it was going to rival when Tyler Childers released Purgatory. And I was like, that's not fair to do to anyone. Because yeah. Purgatory is one of the best albums that's ever been put out. And it was... It, it Feathered Indians is one Grammy, of the greatest country songs ever made. Grammy by the winner. Um, this album is fantastic, though. He's got this haunting, dark vibe to it when, that's so awesome. When I when I, I texted Kevin, uh, I was in... I was I remember this one of his songs came on. And I was in the line at Raising Cane's because Raising Cane's is delicious. And I, I, was, I was sitting there in line, and I, te- I took a screenshot of my screen, sent it to Kevin. I took a screenshot of my screen. Who would have thought? And I sent it to Kevin. I go, amazing. I go, if you haven't listened to this album, listen to it because it's going to be on my top. <laughs> and he goes, you think I haven't listened to Cole Chaney's <laughs> Mercy? I was like, yeah. he goes, he goes, I told you about It Will Creek and how it's going to be awesome. I was like, and yeah. It was. It, it did make me laugh because I'm just like, I listened to this the day it came out, and I was waiting for it to come out, and then it came out. And I'm like, yep, listen. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's. But yeah, it's. But you know, I'm an idiot, so I forget things sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes it happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, this album is like I said, it's just Appalachian fucking traditional yeah. country. Moving on to number four is Austin Mead's Black Sheep. This is the album that I mentioned earlier that uh, I had listened to and then not paid attention, apparently, because I was like, ah, you know, it was one so, song I like, but I don't know. It's so funny. Kevin texts me, goes, I've been obsessed with this song. He sends me Happier Alone featuring Cole Wetzel. And he goes, yeah, but his other stuff's just not that good. But this song is awesome. And, then, and one of his songs yeah. popped up on one of my playlists. And I sent it to Kevin. I goes, what are you talking about? This song is great. And he goes, i got to give it another listen. He sends me, texts me like a daily. He goes, yeah, Drama's album's amazing. <laughs> yeah, every like every single song. I ended up having like half the album on my top of twenty one playlist. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck was going on with me when Kevin I first had listened a to bad it. Bad day when he listened to I it. I guess it is wild, but I'm glad that I gave it more listens. I have it on vinyl. <laughs> it's it's incredible. It's it's uh, it's not country. It's it's a rock it's album. It's a rock album. But it's it's got this like eighties rock vibe to it yeah we we see it a little bit because Kane by not is not country austin mead and coessel none of those are country but they're obviously like so correct hey we're the country hodgepodge we're a random cluster of shit exactly and we're in the country hodgepodging (laughs) (laughs) exactly that one's for you rog there you go you better be watching um anyway yeah but this is the song that kevin sent me that's by uh, that. This is the one that doesn't feature Coetzel, but to be honest, it's not really that different. It's just... no, it's the same song, yeah. slightly different second chorus. Um, 
it's cool to have Cole because it's going to elevate his brand. Obviously, then Austin Bede was opening for him when we saw him. Yeah. So that's awesome. But yeah, this is one of those that I listen to a lot up leading up to that concert. I usually make a playlist of like the bands that are playing, but this is one that I was just obsessed with up no. until then. But uh, next up is at number three is John R. Miller's Depreciated. And so this album, my favorite of the year. It has it has it has all the pieces. It, it's got the songwriting that's beautiful, poignant. The the sonically the 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 vibe. I'm gonna keep saying vibe is right up my alley. Vibe, bro. A little bit of electric guitar, a little bit of fiddle here and there, a lot of acoustic, kind of a little bit of jammy shit going on. Uh, this album came out over the summer, and once again to talk about driving to golf. When this came out... Well, you golf like seven times a week. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I would listen to this album constantly. Bought it on vinyl as soon as I could. Uh, yeah. Because it's, it's, it, it was my favorite of the year. And I would say that similarly to when Tyler Childers' Purgatory came out, this album grabbed me in the same way where I'm like, holy fuck, this album is not only beautiful... But it's fucking, it's got a beat. It's got everything that I'm looking for. He's got an album before this that's also awesome. He's got a song called Red Eyes that has been one of my top played songs for a while. John R. Miller is the fucking guy. Yeah, so. He's the fucking real deal. Leading up to this, like, pot, like, I just kind of felt like we used to know every fucking album that came out. Well, not every one. We missed some of them. We knew things. We knew a lot of albums. And so, Kevin sent me, he goes like, oh, this one's in my top I'm, and I hadn't heard it and I listened to it so it's like holy fuck this is so good and like at the end of my workouts I usually just kind of throw on like country while I'm walking on the treadmill because you know this is a country when you're just walking to cool down and one, yeah. I don't remember which song came on but one of his came on I was like this is so good why have I not heard this album before it's so he's now incredible I, now I'm obsessed with it good but next up is moving number two is Charles Wesley Godwin's How the Mighty Fall and so, like we said, when we saw him in concert, it's a top five concert for me. And I've been listening to this album non-stop pretty much since seeing him because he's so good. Yeah. And, and it's it's unbelievable how good this guy is. This song, Strong. Find another country song that uses uh, Prefontaine as the fucking crux of it. A distance runner from the 70s. Like, it's... It's a, and like it's all the different pieces. Is you, you you have the layers. That's the thing that I loved about Seneca Creek when it came out. It was the first song, "Windmill Keep on Turning." It would start out. It kept building Ogres on itself. Ogres have layers. Ogres have layers. I think we've reached the point of the podcast where we've drank a bit. Um, but honestly, I'm at six. Yeah, you just keep going. I keep handing them to you. You just keep going. Um, anyway, uh, but. Not moving on because we're still talking about no. but Charles Wesley right now is Jesse playing right now. And this will be a top five song at the end of the year because this song is so good. It's beautiful. It's it's fucking beautiful. So I mean we haven't really been talking individual songs, we've been doing albums as a whole, but oh, we've been doing everything. We're drunk. On anyway, the whole, preparation this song, H does so he feel t- good. <laughs> so he talked about he go you know, so most people now are health conscious. He's he was off for a run and he went under a bridge and he saw the spray paint everywhere and he just saw 
are you or are you thinking of me like I'm thinking of you or whatever yeah. what it is. And so he just used that as his chorus. And for to this. take that inspiration and run with it is so cool. And to write one of the most beautiful love songs because the whole song is just like are you are you still thinking about this person who has moved on yeah. is married is just, yeah are you still thinking of that person as much as they're thinking i'm of thinking about you it reminds me of the the general gist from like seven and seven from turnpike where it's just like that idea of like You're we have we there was a moment there's a moment when you split and you live different lives and i wonder how you think about me the way that i think about you it's just it's yeah. really interesting and then you got a good old-fashioned uh, moon shining in the hills of fucking West Virginia. Because that's where he's from, yeah. West Virginia. So we've, we've been doing more upbeat songs because obviously we're drinking, we're having fun. It's the middle of the day and we're already drunk. And Turns out. But Jesse was one that I had to put on because yeah. you just can't. It's the best song. It's probably my favorite by him in general. But it's the probably the best from this album, definitely, I would have to say. I said probably, but it's it. definitely. It's probably definitely. It's probably definitely. Most likely. 60% of the time works every time. Um, yes. <laughs> but, God, I, Charles was guys was great. So anyway, good. moving on to number one of 2021 is Mike and the Moon Pie. Or, sorry. Mike, Moon Pie, and the Moon Pies. Mike, Moon, Moon Pie, Pie Moon, and the Moon, Moon Pies. <laughs> one to grow on. <laughs> <laughs> this album, uh, I had... Ordered it on vinyl. Still hasn't come yet. <laughs> Kevin, you have vinyl records? I know. But this is one where like, I, I, I don't know where it is. I, I don't know if they're waiting 100 years to repress. Yeah. But I tried to not sing any of the songs, and I made it to like the third from the last, and I That's started singing it. This album is incredible. It's, it's, it's really good. It's got that classic vibe. It's got the Mike Moon Pie, Moon Pie, Mine, Mine, Moon, 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 Pie, 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 Moon sound. And it's just, it's incredible. They're one of those artists that when they, like, occasionally, you know, it's funny because our dads introduced us to, like, the country that we list. Like, my dad listened to $5 Alabama all the time. And, like, Toby Keith. Like, those are the ones that got me. But now they text me, like, my dad always texts me when Ray Scott comes on yeah. because we saw him together. And then with Mike and the Moon Pies, he just goes, I forgot how good these guys are. Like, they'll te- he'll text me like, oh, my God, these guys are so good because we saw them in Yorkville at the law office. And I'm just like, yeah, these guys are so good. Like, Mike and the Moon Pies is a band that deserves to be number one every time they release a single. And this album. they're just a Texas band. This album is a perfect to example, too, band. because it's like all the pieces are there. The songwriting. The singing. This album is a masterpiece. It's wonderful. Yeah. Did that's why I want my vinyl to show up. It has been like a year and a half. I could be wrong, but I think this was saving country music's top of the last year. I could be wrong. I I don't. I don't really. I don't really look at that website anymore. But I'm pretty sure that happened. But. um, And they got a good old song talking about Johnny Paycheck, which is always word. Dude, I was so I got really into this. I got really into the show. Uh, how, uh, not how I met your mother, goddamn it. Uh, my name is Earl, and there was one about how my scream. Yes, my name is Earl Muscrim. Um, but no, it, and there was an episode about how he quits all his jobs by punching the boss in the face. And during it, uh, uh, Johnny Paycheck, I take this job and shove it was playing. Yeah, <laughs> and yep. it made me laugh so hard because I was like. People watching this probably had no idea who Johnny Paycheck was, but the yeah. fact that Take This Job and Shove was playing, I'm like, 
Yes. That's respect. Awesome. But yeah, uh, Mike, Mike Moon Pie and the Moon Pies is a band that if you don't listen to, you, you fuck it up. Fix it. You, you, you just Fix it. it. You just fuck it up. Well, it's, it's just, it, it's such, like, it's easy to listen to because it's got the upbeat, yeah. it's got the slow, it's, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the singles that were released last year. First up order. is, yeah, I put I put that one as last because yeah. it's such yeah. a yeah. Good, good, good point, good point, good point. Um, but first up is Billy Strings and Luke Combs is The Great Divide. So obviously referencing the political landscape that we have existed in. And I'm not even going to fucking get into any of that shit because we're I don't all, care. Happy I don't care to get into that. But Billy Strings is incredible. Once again, cup the titties. Um, he, he's, he's so good. So to take him and c- couple him with Luke Combs, it's fantastic. And then they, you know, they sing about, you know, we have to fucking find a way to, to, to cross the great divide between the two factions. I think that's a, a great point is yeah. we're in yeah, a fucking and, stupid and spot. This right song now. came out when I was like starting to lose faith in Luke Combs. I was like, God damn, all the songs are just, I won't drink beer. And- well, that's the thing is that he's, his vocal talent is undeniable. Yeah. There's no, yeah. This fucking song is incredible. Next up is Kaylee Hammock and Chris Stapleton's Small Town Hippocrite. Hippocrite, good point. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Hypocrite. This song has, like, I, I don't remember when it originally came out. I feel like it's been a, a like, I don't think it was late in the year. I feel like it was kind of early in the year. I don't um, know. I don't know. Off the check. But. She had two versions come out. This, one when they said it wasn't Chris yeah, Stapleton. One yeah, yeah. This, this song, though, it's just so damn good. The idea of, like, hanging around your fucking hometown and you're you're judging the other people that hung around which makes you a hypocrite hence the small town hypocrite and then you're like i don't know but we're gonna be different and then all of a sudden your fucking deadbeat ass fucking boyfriend who works at the fucking quick mart like is a piece of shit ain't that some shit like it's 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 a beautiful song I can't wait for her to have an album come out. I was gonna with say this it. is an artist, but I don't know I when had, it's I had, coming. I had never heard this artist before you sent me this song. I was it's like, God one damn of, it's one of those songs where like it's one of the best that came out. Yeah. Oh, Next up is uh, Dalton Domino's "Wasn't Her Own," but also I wanted to talk about "Wannabe," but we'll talk about this one first. So "Wasn't Her Own." So Dalton Domino, he's incredible. It is an interesting song because usually from the male perspective, you get the songs about like deadbeat dad, fuck that guy. Yeah. But this is about the mom fucking shit up. Beer, but there's more. There's one. Uh, so. He's talking about how, like, the, the shit that was taken from him in his childhood wasn't her own, but wasn't hers to take from him. And it's like, that's a profound statement about uh, the yeah. condition of this him growing is, up with a, a shit song, situation. It's a song that I, that I had listened to, and I was like, this is really beautiful. But, but then to, it just jams. But today was, like, the day I listened to it, and I really listened to the lyrics. I was like, this is heart Yes, and then it just starts jamming, which is hilarious. Yeah. Because it takes the, it takes the, the sadness and... Bah, bah, and then finally, the single we want to talk about, which will be on his upcoming album, but still got to talk about it, is Alex Williams' Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. And this was my top played song of the year. Yeah. I This is... Ah, it's so good. Because this is... So his first album, he's a country guy with a little rock, you know, kind of inspired in his music. But this was just straight country rock. Yes. And it's so good. And he's so basically good. saying to people... Like, all right, just wait. 
and I think it's talking about his new album about to come out. It's like, yeah. I mean, we heard the songs on this new album, and goddamn, right. I remember we were sitting there watching, and after every song, Kevin just goes, "When is the pre-order?" <laughs> <laughs> I need to buy it immediately. Kevin was just ready. Like, I just, I'm going to order this album. Just tell me when I can, and I'm going to do it. So please tell me when this fucking yeah. album comes live. But, yeah. And that is the end. We did it. Of the Power Hour. I drank. You drank a thousand beers. I drank, yeah. A handful. But, God, it's awkward. Nice it's respect. Hard. It's crazy. Play some more music. Yeah, I know I will. All right, so I'm going to go. I also got to pee like so bad. It's incredible. All right, you go pee. I'm going to play some music playing. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to throw on a random playlist. It's going to be all the albums that we talked about slash singles, and they're just going to shuffle, and we'll have that in the background while we talk. Um, but Kevin's off to take a piss, but... I mean, I've seen. I we got the uh, the numbers in front of us of who's joining us. Obviously, we ain't Rogan, but I thank everyone who's tuned in to watch us and our drunkenly wonderful return after uh, COVID hit and all that shit happened in the last two years. And I just, we just, we're so happy to be back talking about country music rather than whatever stupid shit's going on in the world um god and just over the last two years how much music came out and how we missed being in the my dad just touched me mike in the moon pies mike moon pie right, and the moon moon pie pie moon, uh, moon pie. but yeah we just it's so good to be back talking about country music because like uh. for anyone who's tuned in or like even when we were 50 episodes in with 100 listeners. People were... We would get messages like, oh, we found this person, we found this person. I've been binging the episodes finding these people. And just the fact that we started this thing just wanting to talk about the music that we're fucking obsessed with. Like, when I've had... <laughs> I've had exes when breaking up with me say, I listen to too much music. So, like... The fact that we love music that fucking much and that people want to tune in and listen to us talk about music is just fucking weird to me. It's cool. I, I really appreciate everybody. I, yeah. I, I, so we're really happy. Uh, but actually, shit, now that I think of it, shit. before we move Fuck. on. Fuck. Also, I want to really quickly talk about these 22 albums. That oh, yes. So please let me, do. Let me throw. First, I'll throw on. Actually, I'm going to have you pick the song to play from the new album because you know the album more than me. <laughs> so first up, there's two albums that we really want to talk about that have come out this year. Want me just to play it or just cue it? Yeah, just play it. Just play it. All right. Uh, the first song that came out, or the first album that came out this year that we want to talk about is Dylan Wheeler's... Deal Dylan Wheeler, huh? Did I say that? Yeah. I have some beer in my yeah, system. Uh, Dylan Wheeler's Times Are Changing. Uh, he's actually an artist who I had discovered a while ago. What's the song that I knew by him that I fucking uh, loved? Broke-ass kid. Uh, uh, it's from Saving Now. Saving, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah, so Dylan Wheeler had an album come out here in 22. It's it's not country. It's same vein as Austin Mead, Cody West kind of yeah. yeah. sound. 
Um, this is the one that I've come over and Kevin just has this fun. It's just always playing. Just playing. I am so obsessed with it. It's incredible. Dial and Weiler. Yeah, and, and it's like the the main theme from it is you know heartbreak, a, a breakup and a heartbreak, and. Uh, He's got a lot of songs that are basically telling the ex to go fuck themselves, and I really respect that. And he does swear a fair bit on this album, and I really respect that too. Yeah. Oh. Not not to make it about me, but uh, in my make re- it about you. In my recent like songwriting, I just haven't even. I've I have integrated the word fucking shit into my songs a little more recently, and it's fuck not shit. and it's not like I'm trying to like I'm gonna be edgy. I'm gonna put some swear words in. It's just like. It's just kind of the word that fits in this song right now. Yeah. I'm going to put that it's in. Got a, Especially when, it's, a song, got a when it's a song about dating. Yeah, it's got a connotation to it. Yeah. Yeah. So this album is called Times Are Changing, Dylan Wheeler. Please check it out. It's the implication. It's the implication. It's fantastic. I'm a huge fan of it. As Steve said, it's been playing yeah. in my house constantly. Yeah, he's a he's a fantastic artist, and you should definitely listen to Dylan. Wheeler. Yeah, like because that's the thing, the songs that I listened to by him leading up to this album, I was like, he's a very Cody West yes. sounding sounding. That's why I felt Cody West, Austin Mead, that that fucking vibe, 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 vibe. <laughs> Feel um, like a fucking idiot, thirty year old trying to connect with youths by saying vibe all the time. How do you do, fellow youths? How do you do, fellow kids? Fellow kids, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, do you have anything else to say about that no, one? Or? I mean, it's incredible. Please yeah. check it out. Yeah, definitely. It's it's very good. Oh, sorry, I'm shaking the camera. Um, but then shake, the shake. other album I wanted to talk about that has been released this year that you should all, y'all should listen to is um, Dispatch to 16th Avenue by Muscadine Bloodline. I'm going to throw that one on. Um, they're, they're, they're a duo who... They, if you know the song "Porch Swing Angle," angle, <laughs> the angle of the porch swing, God very damn important. God damn it! For porch proper s- penetration, por- you gotta have the right <laughs> angle on the porch swing. Porch swing angel. Um, <laughs> they're this, they're a duo that we talked about like way back when we saw them at uh, Windy City Smoke out there. There, and there are these guys who are just like these guys are really good and then you, they started releasing they got more popular and they started releasing more music and were like no. oh fuck they're starting like selling Nashville and even yeah. though WD-40 by them was co-written by Erin Enderlin who has been on the podcast Respect. she's awesome love her yep. her music is actually great she actually has some stuff released this year too that I should have talked about um, but when when they had that stuff we're like god these guys are great but then the pop stuff started and i was like god damn it these guys are doing it but then this album came out because i remember you actually texted me like months ago with a screenshot one of their tweets that just said if you hate traditional country you're gonna hate this album and i was just like yeah but there have been there have been times when bands say that but then it's not and then they just take a big old fucking dump like oh this is just going back to the roots and then it comes out and it's just the same shit which we've had so many times, but yeah. you sent me that, and that's the thought I had. I was like, it's going to be the same shit. They're not going to release anything good. And then they come out with this, which I mean, has I the fucking pedal steel playing. Love it. And I was just like, yes! Because this is the song that came on my daily mix, and I was just like, 
I was, cause it played, I didn't see the artist. It's just songs playing. I'm like, who is this? Yeah. And I go, there's a musk and I blah. I'm like, all right. Went through the album. I was just like, yes, they did it. They fucking came back <laughs> and they're actually doing country music again. And it's so, beautiful thing. Yeah. And so I listened to it. I was just like, yes, fucking, they're just saying, you know what? This is what's popular, but we're going to do country instead. And that's what our music is. And I'm so fucking happy about that. Because, like I said, Porcelain Angel and WD-40, those two songs I listened to all the time. They were so good. And then when, like, I think it was, like, Enemy or something came out, I was just like, that's eh, fine. And then other songs came out, I was like, ooh, <laughs> not good. And then, so when this came out, I was just like, oh, thank God. They're back to it. They're doing country music again. Yeah, and awesome. it's it's one of those things where I feel like I've seen a little bit of a uh, like a rebound going on. What I think is a lot of people who like country music were like they're all finding the line has been crossed. Like like more conservative, you know, classical country people say the line was crossed many years ago, like us. Yeah. Well, but there I are more people who have listened to the radio country, but they're like, okay, no, we actually have hit a point where we're done. So there yeah. is this rebound where a lot of people who even don't hate that much of the pop country are still like, this is fucking ridiculous. We're not making anything that sounds anything like country anymore. And I think that there is a well, good like movement back towards like, the, the I was really close to doing so we were we were going to but we didn't end up doing it we were going to do a um, the number one song of this week but not from this year because this year is terrible we were going to do a segment of that but the one song I found was Mamas Don't Let Their Babies Grow To Be Cowboys but we did that on an episode already yeah. so we couldn't do it again yeah. and the other one was Cleaning My Gun by Rodney Atkins <laughs> and that when I speaking hit, of a piece of shit fucking yeah, latest it, song person Exactly. And so when I saw that, I was just like, that's a guy who in the mid-aughts was so good. And he was like a big deal. Yeah. And I was just like, that? And But that music was considered pop to people who are like, country died with Waylon. It's like, shut up. Well, like, that's the other thing. It's people, like, people, who, people who think Garth Brooks ruined yeah, country. Oh, music. Yeah. It's like, Garth Brooks what? ruined country. Well, the, the whole outlaw movement ruined country because like, if you only like the, the fucking original Hank. The rhinestones. Yeah, you only like the original Hank that anything that had a fucking drum in it was fucking terrible. It's like, it's, oh, yeah. Dude, I remember when we saw um, uh, God damn, what was her name? Uh, Wheelhouse, when they opened oh. for they're yeah. great. They're great. That was fantastic. Well, when we saw them open for uh, Aaron Watson, they were talking. My dad, you know, my dad and Doug. They always talked. We, talk we to mentioned people. this earlier, yes. And my dad was talking to the band, and he bought all the albums on CD because it's my dad. And he bought it, and he looks at the band, and they like he buys them all, and they go, "Oh, uh, disregard the first one because we have drums on it." I'm like. Who, I mean, I get it. I guess I get it with bluegrass because that's a yeah, specific country. Bluegrass, yeah. But who cares? It's drums. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between that and just straight up being like Gucci strings. Yeah. Ride my whip. I, I, like, I'm more interested in like what are you trying to say exactly, and what are you trying to sound like. 
Yeah. And if your whole fucking deal is to be that fucking dickhead Backstreet Boys piece of shit, <laughs> being like, I'm gonna disrupt countries. It's like, oh my yeah, God. you can take a shit in a fucking napkin and throw Dude, it at somebody, and that's gonna disrupt their day, but it doesn't mean that you've said anything profoundly. Dude, our rant on that was legend. Like, yeah. like I said, I've been editing all the old clips, putting them up on YouTube for everyone to watch. You just go youtube.com uh, slash country Do what he said. Um, and <laughs> just... Like, yeah, the fact that he was like, I just want to disrupt country. It's like, from what? Why do you want from to disrupt sounding it? good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to disrupt country because they keep making things that require instruments, and I would like them to just be shitty instead. Yeah, it's... I don't get it, but... But yeah, anyway, the Sumo's got on Bloodline, and they... Yeah, well, I gotta have... I gotta give this a, a full full yeah. listen oh it's also I love sweet because it's one of those albums where every song leads into the next ah, nice. so it's just one flowing song pretty much and yeah so muscadine bloodline if you don't if you haven't heard i mean they're not huge but they're not like i mean they got they got a, they, a, a prob- decent level of popularity for i sure. would assume they're probably a top 40 like radio type I band so. but i they're i don't think they have like a number one hit or anything but yeah. But yeah, you should definitely like see that just transition to the next song and, and they start adding a little bit of Yeah. So, oh, sorry. This random just popped into my brain. Uh be prepared for Be prepared. Right, that's Lion King reference. Um <laughs> our weekly Lion be King. Be prepared for when Joshua Headley's new album comes out cuz he's had two singles come out so far and they are Stone Cold 90s country fucking legendary kind of songs. So his original album, Mr. Jukebox, was just like that old, that old was like school. That was 50s, yes. 60s country. This new yeah. album apparently is going to just be like full 90s country. And his <laughs> his songs that have come out as pre-release so far have been incredible. I got to say, I was dying when Joshua Headley was like, oh, what song is covered on this new album? And I just wrote Applebee's song. And he replied, blocks, blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and thank God, because fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck it. Jo- fuck it to the end of the earth. Joshua Headley, listen to his music. It's so good. Yes. So good. Yeah. My dad texted me saying, you can put lipstick on a pig and it's still a pig. It's true. Profound. Polish a turd, it's still a turd. Um, but yeah, so... Muscadine, Dylan Weiler. Uh, Correct. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know what else. And just listen, really... listen to music, man. Just just check shit out yeah. because you never know what you're gonna find. But yeah, don't for... let the radio tell you. Don't let the radio tell you yeah. what country. I do gotta. I do gotta say, like, I mean, we didn't have you know a thousand fucking viewers or anything today, but I more than I, I thought we would have. Yeah, we did. Uh, we peaked at what seven? I don't know. But it's still a fucking. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just I'm just happy that. People still crave good country music because, like we said, when we we started this podcast in what 2017, because we literally wanted to tell our friends, this is who you should listen to. Yeah, like that's literally why we started it. And our friends didn't listen. No, they did not. Somehow we gained a following. Not we didn't have a you know huge following or anything, but we had a following, and we just like the amount of times I got emails or whatever like. Hey, I'm from Country X, and you introduced me to Jamie Lynn Wilson. You introduced me to Shane Smith. Like, mm-hmm. I think Choate said, like, you introduced yeah. me to Shane Smith. Like, that, like we said, our goal of the podcast was to introduce one person to one artist. That's all we wanted to do. Yeah. 
And we accomplished that. Now we're going to kill ourselves. So, wait, wait what? <laughs> so, and uh, this is the end. <laughs> everything. But, like, just the, and the fact that over the last two years, people have genuinely messaged our, you know, social media being like, where are you? Like, when are we going to get new episodes? I'm like, I don't know. Just it's wild. Going to. So the fact that the people crave off it, like we, I when I was editing the Jamie Wilson episode, people like we t- we talked with her for like thirty minutes about authenticity. It's like people crave yeah. authenticity. Like obviously people love Hollywood shit. Like she talked about like my favorite movies Tombstone. People want blockbusters, but my favorite movies Tombstone. Yeah. And it's just like people want movies that are just just what they want. Like. And it's the same with country. I don't know. I'm rambling. Anyway. Um, ramble on. Ramble on. Um, but. See you next Yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. Really. I'm going to drink some more alcohols today. I'm just going to say thank you. That's yeah. It. No, yeah. The, it's just the fact that, like, we probably would have done this anyway. But if the fact that people legitimately were like, are you guys kind of do it again. are you guys dead <laughs> yeah are you guys still alive Kemba was in a coma for the last two years because that's the reason he had a he had a covid coma he just covid got him a covoma but anyway yeah i don't know i i got nothing else to but i just thank you for anyone who listens the fact that yeah the fact that we had anyone listen to our podcast over the last four or five years the fact that i've put our podcast up on youtube and we already have followers of the channel for for stuff that's up to five years old already. It's insane to me. But, yeah, I don't know. It's – thank you to everyone. Yeah. It's like, thank you all. Appreciate you. Have a good rest of your fucking day, night, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. Fucking A. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> and until next time, hopefully we can do this again soon. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We're busy boys, but we'll see. But, yeah. Up until next time, we'll we'll be talking about Sam Hunt and his greatness. Uh, My name is Steve Hunt. As always, joined by Kevin Hodge saying goodbye, good night, and good Charlotte. Yeah.